Vias, is your Christmas tree still up? I was sneakily I could see setting it. up my little chair in front of the TV so I could play a while we did this. <laughs> you forgot your camera was on? Yeah, Man, um, yeah, my, my tree's still up. I would say well, at least <laughs> that's really bad. But my grandma what? also had her Christmas tree up until like late February once. I, I, I so. forgot where the plug is, but this, well, we got stuck here. Like I had to buy this tree last minute because we got stuck here for COVID. Okay. And it's a nice reminder of, I don't know, the desperation we had to go through. It's January 31st, Vias. Well, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's not February pagan, yet. It's a pagan thing. It's still cold and climate change is not really... Does it kind of change the uh, situation for us? Which is first thing I'm going to blame the Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. You guys watch any uh, good movies this week? This is how we're going to start every episode. Yeah. Uh, one sec. I think I, I will, I've been watching a lot of the uh, the HBO sh- show for girls, uh, Euphoria. Oh yeah. Um, just kidding. It's not for real. It's uh, it's for girls. It's, it's fine. Uh, you could say that. I I really like it. Um, well, I, I don't know why I like it. I think I just like teenage stuff. Yeah, yeah that's I fair. like I like coming of age stuff. Um, I mean, like, first of all, coming of age stuff is a classic genre. And second, like yeah. American Vandal is probably one of the best things that came out in the last five years. I don't know if I would yeah. put that in the same category. It, it, it was well, one of the most pleasant surprises. I'll get, I'll give them that. Well, I mean, I've I've watched every episode of the Disney Channel show Boy Meets World, so I can't judge you like for like recently? watching. Uh, no, but in adulthood. In adulthood. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So sure I've only watched The Simpsons lately. Uh, fair enough. I forgot we were recording. Um, I uh, I can I see your TV playing Chell. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I well, I, I wasn't lying about that. I'm giving you guys a, I'm giving you guys a, a show here. We're we're recording while watching the game. I think that we've done multiple times. Yeah, you're That's right. True. Except the game we're watching is the one that Vias is playing. This is going to be so distracting because I am going to, like, I'm going to critique your shell playing so hard <laughs> while we do this. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch much. Uh, I did get hooked, uh, not hooked, but I saw a tweet talking about some movie called Elevator to the Gallows, which I know is on Criterion. And mm. I didn't realize this, but apparently Miles Davis does the score. But when he does the score, he he just saw like a random rough cut of the movie, and yeah. then was like, "Okay, I know what I'm going to do." And he just invites like four of his guys to to like have the movie playing, and then they just record the score as they're watching. Oh, that's like, cool. Imp- improving. Oh, and that's wild. That sounds amazing. Like that that sounds like uh, something I've never seen before. So. I uh, I might give that a shot. I think that's that's been out of left field, but yeah, I want to give that one a shot. Um, don't There's think I've watched anything else. Sergio oh, no. Leone movie where he paid for Ennio Morricone and the orchestra to like be there playing the song while they filmed the scene Whoa. to like oh, give cool. to give the actors like the proper ambiance because all those movies are dubbed anyways, right? Like all the old uh, yeah. I think it might have been. Yeah. It was either the good, the bad, and the ugly, or Once Upon a Time in the West. I want to say. Part I still, yeah. I'm still meaning to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in America, but I have not been able to set aside three hours and forty nine minutes yet. No, uh, it doesn't I watched, seem worth it. I, I swear that I did watch a movie, uh, the Wes Anderson movie that everyone got mad about. Um, oh, uh, the French 
Dispatch? I don't no. know if people got mad about it. Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, Moonrise people Kingdom. People got mad about one. that one? People got mad about that? I, I thought I saw something with people getting mad about that for like, I don't know, for little kids being in like adult situations. Epstein reasons? Epstein oh, well, reasons, yeah. Okay. Euphoria Even though it's like, like that. no, that's just like a movie about kids being like, children. Yeah. Like preteens being preteens. Like it's yeah. fine. I like right. that one. It's good. It was okay. really good. So I'm playing online versus and it's an Oilers player or they chose the Oilers, oh, which man. always means that they're just going to like go for crazy two on ones with McDavid. So I'm going to play the trap. This is what I always do when I see some little punk kid choose Edmonton. Also, yes, I assume I'm always playing with children, even though I'm 29. Playing oh, that was a good chance. Game. Oh, you can see it pretty good. eh? Yeah, yeah no, I, I can see it quite episode. well. Yeah, I it's better wait. than like most of the like Russian streams that I used to have to watch. Yeah, no, it's pretty clear actually. I oh, watched. Nice. Uh, I watched so many. I've been watching so many fucking movies because I've been off work. I don't start work again until Wednesday, um, and I've been I've been watching like every Scorsese movie I can get my hands on. So I just watched uh, King of Comedy, which was pretty good. It was honestly like having seen the Joker. I know this is a fucking stupid thing to say, but it was like I knew every oh. note of that movie because I watched the Joker. Because right. it's like the same fucking movie, like. I've heard the comparison. He, he he just ripped it off. It's it's wild. Like like people people were saying Taxi Driver. It doesn't have that much in common with Taxi Driver, but it is like note for note, just like the King of Comedy, but with violence. Well, what's his name? De Niro's in it, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, the Joker well, De Niro's is just in both. Is that what I mean? Right? Yes, he is. He's in both. Yeah, he plays like the crazy guy in the King of Comedy, and then he plays the TV host in. He plays the Jerry Lewis role in um, Joker. Uh, And then I watched Falling Down, which you guys should both watch if you haven't seen it. What's that about? It is is about the guy who fantasizes about running over protesters when they're in front of his car, actually doing everything that, like, he fantasizes about. Uh, It's really Um, good. Um, oh, that's fuck. the movie that you were saying starred Michael Douglas. Yes, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Normal famed, actor famed, Michael Douglas. Famed actor. Yeah. Fam, famed actor Michael Douglas, yes. Um, no, it's it's really good. It's just like uh, he plays like an uh, unemployed like defense contractor. And it's like it's the movie starts. It's the hottest day of the year. Uh, his air conditioning craps out in his car when he's in traffic. And he just like gets up and leaves and fucking loses it at everyone. And he's like, he's just like the, he's like, it's an early nineties movie. And he is the type of guy that like is a Trump voter now, but like at the time would have been like, Oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh listener. I've never seen a game more realistically ca- capture like Elias Pettersson's complete double clutching that he's got through the season. <laughs> Wait, Anyways, are you guys talking about we're wa- we're watching you play the or game. me playing. We're, no, we're, yeah. I was talking about the movie. He was talking about you playing the game. But I, I don't know. I'm not doing it justice. It's it's a hard movie to like describe, but um, it's it's really funny and really ridiculous, and uh, it never flinches really at any point. Like. It, it doesn't like it doesn't wink at you and go like this guy's actually bad 
or whatever. It's just like very. It doesn't have the flashing bar that we need to have these days where it says this character is bad. Do not attempt. Yeah, totally. And so as a, as a result, a bunch of people like kind of misinterpreted it, which is really funny to me. Because it's like directed by Joel Schumacher and stars Michael Douglas, who are like. Two of oh. the biggest sicko libs in Hollywood. So it, it's funny to me that anybody misinterpreted it as like a a pro like right wing movie, but it's it's really funny. It's really good. Uh, there's guns in it. You know, did you it, did you guys listen to a latest Canucks condo episode? Ah, uh, no. Okay, so I you're gonna only listen to that hate, episode sometimes. You're gonna hate or show rather. You're gonna hate the latest one because it's uh, Harmon versus Quads trying to figure out uh, what movies they've both seen. Oh no! It's, oh, no. Uh, it's <laughs> It's the opposite of this episode or this show. <laughs> I assume uh, quads was just like in a totally white room eating saltines before <laughs> like last year based on the life experience that he have you guys ever seen uh, like Eddie Murphy raw or like delirious? Yes. I can't remember which one. It's Grew up, my, my father showed me that. But they're um, that at, a very, at a very young age. There's a bit that he very does in, in one of those, I'm pretty sure. Or it might just be like a random Eddie Murphy stand up where he talks about him first doing his stand up act when he was 18. And he's like, my entire oh, yeah. act was just 10 minutes about me taking a shit because at 18, yeah. that was the only thing I had done. Um, and that's like how I think of quads. <laughs> No, Klaus grew up in North Korea where he was he's actually illegally not allowed to watch the movies. Yeah. Or eat anything other than like gabagool. Yeah. Which is which is as as yeah, as everyone knows, is what everyone in North Korea eats. Oh come on, bro. It's the Capicolo, the Korean delicacy. There we go. Have you scored have you scored twice now? You uh no no no, just um, one one. Yuho Lamico. What if uh what if it was a lesbian and his name was uh, a u Lamico and he, uh, um, I feel like one of us has already done that one. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that Is one? this like the lesbians move in together really fast bit? From how do you movies? not? Yeah, that's how do you not okay. know that? Oh, right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, but that doesn't work anymore because of like how rent works these days. Everybody does that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. We, we are all lesbians now. Um, don't tell anybody I said that <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast that we do. Staying in the episode. <laughs> uh, oh man, uh, can we can we do some land landlord dumping for a moment? Sure. Yeah, you're, you're so, right. Yeah, Vias is moving. Well, I'm yeah, I'm trying. I'm moving, and I thought everything was agreed to, but then, um, like I, it's tenants who are leaving, like uh, for, with four months to go. And so it's supposed to be a lease, uh, lease assignment. So we just take over right. the, the lease until July 1st. Right. And then, you know, we can renew. And it's perfect for us because we can't even look at the place because um, we're both in Victoria. Um, and <laughs> You're going to get there and it's going to be like a shed. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like that. Do you hear about that one thing in Halifax where somebody bought a house, but the house is actually a garage, but they like no. covered up the garage parts of it. And then... Like an electrician came in and be like, "You have to get out of here!" Like, oh my god, no, I yeah. And she like sunk her savings into. Anyway, so oh that, god, that should actually so... happen. It's really sad. Um, but uh, but yeah, then the landlord like today when we're just trying to agree, agree to everything, um, is like, "Do you want to 
Do you want to? Sorry, it's kind of hard to. I should probably not play while we can. It's fine. Nah, whatever. Uh, the, the landlord was like, uh, "So, uh, are you interested in signing a new twelve month, twelve month lease?" And I'm like, "That's not the fucking agreement. That's yeah. not how this whole thing was advertised. That's not." Um. Yeah. So yeah. he's just. Uh, I'm. I'm in the spot where like, I was so excited. I was so happy. I thought all my literally all my problems were solved. And now this this guy is just kind of greasing me a little bit right now. And ah, uh, so I'm. I'm agitated, and the Canucks game today wasn't even like, yeah, we won, but it wasn't that good. It was a bad. Um, it looked like a bad game. Yeah. I didn't watch. I saw yeah. the last like ten minutes. Oh come on! The um, game uh, the other night against Calgary was fucking brutal. Awful. That was, was terrible. That was much worse. Super was, terrible. Yeah, and the worst game. thing about I, it, I had two friends over the first oh, time outside of my girlfriend coming over. I had two friends over to watch that game with me. Brutal. Horrible. I I just want to say the worst thing was George Canyon sang the fucking national anthem. He's supposed to be in Ottawa right now. He fucking, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guy fucking ran for office, and now he's just back singing the national anthem at hockey games. Sorry, like, I don't know who this, I actually don't remember who he is. He's he the, has a very funny name. He's so. the terrible, George Canyon. It's a, a national park in Alberta. Um <laughs> No, he uh, he's the guy who sings the anthem. That's just the, the that's just two words. Uh, I mean, the, the, same, the same. That's the two same words right after, right next to each other. <laughs> Gorge Canyon. Gorge Canyon. Yeah. Um, yeah. He uh, he's he's awful. He uh, he's a terrible uh, country singer, and he does the the national anthem at the all the Flames games. And I, we did a reading series on him like a while back. Oh, he, like, shit. he ran for office in like New Brunswick or Nova Scotia or something, which was totally bizarre. Um, I assumed he was running in Alberta, but he wasn't. He was running back east. Yeah. Where he like didn't even li- live. And then he got owned. And he did not win. Um, I really want to score the off chase on to, to piss off Jackson. No, to piss off quads. I can't remember okay, we do, like Jels and I refuse to figure out who is pro chase on anti chase on who's pro Askarov anti Askarov these are the same player to us I hear you guys fight about like eye tracking or something and I no I don't a- I don't do that that nerd shit I do not I am purely like does this guy have a save percentage above 910 or not with when it comes to goalies I do not do I do not do fucking uh, movement tracking. I do not do stance. I do not do. It is not that complicated. You either stop the puck a lot or you don't. And if you stop the puck a lot, you're good. And if you let in lots of goals, you're bad. And uh, there's an entire fucking cottage industry of people trying to make it more complicated than that, but it's not. Oh, uh, that one. So that's the goalie thing. But the the chase on thing is uh, quads thinks I love chase on because. I ripped into him for saying he'd rather have Zach McEwen because at least Zach McEwen would hit someone. Chason now has five <laughs> goals uh, and Zach McEwen still has zero. So eat, well, eat, eat yeah. it, quads. What else, what else was happening today? Uh, today is the, the day of the, uh, uh, the Chicago game where the Canucks yep. just won three, three, one against, um, I guess, Yarrow Halak's last game, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. But- <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, um, I I saw you you uh, being upset about the Taj 1944 being uh, speculating about a trade for for Colvin. He keeps uh, 
Taj really annoys me, by the way. Um, he keeps thumping this drum about like what is he's uh, longo? <laughs> that's not a what is, that's what not is an idiot banging the just drum. Another another random guy, random, the, random brown guy. What if Brown Tabere is actually just yeah, anyways. Uh, um, no. But brown Tabere is a, is is the joke. Oh, like an act um, yeah, yeah, just an yeah. actual bad guy. Um and not the not the cool, he's the Jared Leto Joker. Um hmm. Uh, yeah, no, uh, banging the drum is the idiom I was trying to find. He keeps banging the drum on, um, like the Canucks trading one of Hoaglander or put goals in for some reason. And it doesn't make any sense to me because I would assume like, based on what they've said, the team wants to get younger and faster. And like, what are you, what are you, they're young and fast. And like, what are you trading them for? Like, you're not gonna like Hoaglander might have some value like they're right in that spot where like they don't have a ton of value because they're playing in the nhl and they're young but they haven't really proven themselves yet so like exactly like you're only gonna get you're just gonna get a similar player back or maybe like a pick like maybe they're at the point where like you 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 someone buys low on them for like a second or like another prospect like it just doesn't kind of guy that you'd if your team You'd want your team to trade for exactly. Pick yeah. up someone for cheap, which is like the only person you trade away. Like, like it would you... only be worth it if the person that were that he's trading for, put goals in, whatever, is the person who runs the SKA account. Like, there's nobody else who's that, like, who's that high on those players. Like, they're they're absolutely good players, and I think they will be, uh, like they are, and they continue to be an even better uh, regulars in the team, but. They both should be like middle sex players. Like I think next year is when you talk about trading them. Yeah, if at all. Like if if Ben Colson starts starts uh, well, when if he gets more time, um, and just puts up more points, and yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. uh, Oh, I should. I want to like. I also want to. Although under Rutherford, who knows, right? uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing, right? Is Rutherford comes in, and now he has no loyalty to anybody, so. Theoretically, like anybody could be on the table, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, you score again. Nice. I scored again. I love Elias playing Pedersen. online. Man, that guy's on fire right now. He's, he's on fire. I, I really love playing online, uh, especially when the other the other person rage quits. It's yes. so satisfying to know that that I've ruined somebody's day. I'm the guy who rage quits. That's why I never play online anymore. Oh well, I, I I do both. Yeah. Fair enough. Jackson uh, apparently was kicked out of a ball hockey league as a goalie once. Yeah, That's so was last year. So you met one of the other guys on my team, uh, Devin, who's called into the show before because it was the Big Wheel ball hockey team. Um, right, right. And when, we got when, when they when they play when you guys play, do you guys do you guys say wheel wheel wheel? Yes. Um, cool. I That's don't know. So probably. Cool. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, me and him like split starts as a goalie um and uh and yeah and we would play like forward sometimes too and um yeah we got kicked out of the league for for gooning it up too much <laughs> uh you you get spirit points yep, at the end of the yep. game and like it's just a given that like you give the other team five because if you don't then they can get kicked out of the league and everybody kept giving us like three <laughs> And so they, and so, and it happened three times and just like, no, like, no, uh, there's like no procedure for that. You're just kicked out. 
if that Holy happens. Shit. But it, it's it, I make it sound like like uh, we were like really bad. We like weren't except for the one thing that that repeatedly kept happening was me and the other goalie. Uh, you're not supposed to crowd the crease. That's like one of the rules in the league is you're yeah. not allowed in the crease. So guys would crowd the crease. They'd, they'd stand like right in front of me. And so we would just like with the stick, just like go right for the knee. <laughs> you go, right? what's like, his name? Hextall? Right Hextall? in the back of the knee. Like not, not like slash, but just like poke, like get out of my crease. And I yeah. guess, you know, it's entirely sportsmanlike to just break the rules endlessly and stand directly in front of me. But if I say anything about it or do anything about it, then that's, that's above that's uh, or that's below board. Right. We should have, I, uh, we should have hit a point where we were like, we are not giving out spirit points until the other team does it first. <laughs> also, if I were to describe what I think uh, the term spirit points is, I would get canceled. Um, but I, I hate that. It's dumb. It sounds very dumb. It feels very like pieces of flair from Office Space. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking yes. of too. Yeah. Classic. I I I would bet I would bet forty dollars that neither quads or oh oh lucky goal. Um forty dollars yeah. that neither quads or, or Harmon has seen Office Space. Oh definitely not. Yeah, no. yeah. Zero percent. Well, neither of them has like a real off like not a real job, but like an office job. Yeah. I would say I would say um, there is a in Quads' case in particular, I would say there is a very decent chance that the majority of the movies he has seen are Marvel movies. Yes. And you're gonna like he's seen like 30 movies and over and like 15 of them are Marvel movies or like probably not even. He's probably seen like 20 movies. So in a chat that we're in with uh, David Quadrelli is the next conversation and numerous others uh, yeah. will not be named. All of um, the major players in Canucks media. Obviously. All of the major players. Uh, Lalji, Farhan uh, Lalji is in there. Jason Portuando, you know. Cal uh, Bukowskis. Um, <laughs> Hazel May is in there for some reason. Um, Mary McDonald, oh. who hasn't worked in like five years. <laughs> um, we should get the we should get Dan Russell back in the airways. Hell yes, Dan <laughs> Russell. I think first oh, media person to block me on Twitter. But anyways. oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy. I literally fell asleep to Dan Russell for like six years of my life. Have you guys? I've shown you guys that that thread where where uh, Botchford just bodies him, eh? Right. No. Where he's just like he's just like you're like an old Tijuana hooker who's mad he doesn't she doesn't give the best blowjobs anymore. <laughs> and he's like don't don't Twitter's don't worry Dan blast. don't worry Dan you're still the king of blowjobs <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's from like ten years ago. It's from when you could really That's get away with here. a lot. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we invented canceling as a culture. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was a good time when you could get tweets off like that, but also like famous people could just directly tweet like American Airlines. Yeah, and absolutely. it was just normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the chat, uh, Quads is talking about whether like he wants to watch the Sopranos finally, and you know, it was like, do I start torrenting? Because uh, his generation's never torrented before. I know that's slander, but kids these days, kids these days, um, kids these days don't know how to click the right download button. Kids yeah. these days try to uh, stream illegal sports and uh, keep accidentally signing up for sports betting websites. <laughs> um, uh, I got five more of those in me. But anyways, 
uh, I would just like to convince him to like get Criterion Collection as a prank. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, that would be so good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's quads for for your money. Like, uh, you should really just get Criterion. That's highest the best quality for service. your money. He just go. gets really into Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in a Japanese neo noir. Oh, yeah. Luke Shen Brickway. Let's go. He's just like, yeah, my um, favorite movie is The Sorrow and the Pity. <laughs> he's uh, watching three-hour Russian movies. The 1927 Joan of Arc. You guys hear this guy Tarkovsky? He's really good. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. I see you now about the fall time, baby, but you know that I got nothing to say. It's a charming to look on your face. When you're rising by something I just can't do now. I've been around and by your heart, I'm looking for you just to shed some light on my day. Feels like ages since I've been on your way. I've been caught up with a handful of new sensations. All right, folks. Welcome to Roxy Fever. <laughs> I'm oh, your host, good. Jackson McDonald. With me, as always. Hey, guys. V.S. Rain here. And Elliot Hoyt. Uh, uh, we have some gifts for some people at the end of this episode. So uh, Definitely stick tuned, around for that. Yeah. Especially for Patreon subscriber. Uh, if you've already stuck here. around this long, <laughs> keep yeah. sticking yeah. around. Yeah. If you subscribe to the Patreon, definitely oh. at least skip to the end of this episode to listen and see if you won something. Yeah, um, make make like the old the uh, uh, Canal Plus uh, Canadian 1990s YTV uh, staple. Uh, stick around. Yes, huh? uh, yeah. much like the uh, 90s Elliot cartoon. Real. The same name. Wait, that's what I was referencing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't. I couldn't <laughs> tell what you were talking about. Honestly, I was trying I to remember what it. all the Canadian production channels were. Uh, Did you know Arthur is a Canadian cartoon? I just learned this. Whole, seriously. It's like, it's a Canadian American cartoon, I guess, but like okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, anyways, that, like one of the guys who plays brains also turned into like a right wing commentator. Yeah, uh, Stephen Crowder. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, the guy who voiced Brain from Pinky and the Brain. No, from well, from also Arthur. that. <laughs> no, I don't think he voiced. Yeah, no, the Brain from Arthur or Brain. I can't remember. Oh, Brain. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. It was voiced by Stephen Crowder as a kid for like three oh. seasons. But also, the, like the brain from Picking the Brain is Kelsey Grammer, right? So Yeah, I believe so. It's that like right. the Kelsey Grammer affect. But like... Another right wing guy. I think it's him. He is a Republican for sure. You think Kelsey Grammer did, was in... Editor's note. The brain from Picking the Brain is actually voiced by legendary Canadian voice actor Maurice LaMarche, who also voiced Morbo and Calculon on Futurama, among countless others over the years. And the affect that he's going for is Orson Welles. Huh. Interesting. I'm pretty sure Kelsey Grammer has been in, like, a couple of those, like, really bad, like, sub $1 million budget, like, right-wing movies, like An American Carol, or, like... Yeah, yeah, I think he's been in a Like the Ben Franklin time-traveling one? Yeah, 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 yeah you know, exactly. He's, he's like, a, like, one of those just, like, old conservatives, you know? Like, with that accent, they're, like, the the George the transatlantic transatlantic yeah. he's like the last person on earth with the transatlantic accent there's a joke there um not for us um <laughs> <laughs> fuck you 
Um, one time that's when I you want to uh, change oceans. Yeah, that's when you. Okay, I'm not going to go any further <laughs> than that. Um, uh, once I once uh, in first year law, I I got really drunk and I came home and I apparently and I realized this on the day after, but I like bought us two seasons of the Animaniacs on iTunes. Cool. <laughs> I haven't watched a single one of those episodes. Yeah. Um, That's like I have a DVD, like a, uh, a a DVD box set of uh, the Batman TV show. Not the not the 60s Batman, which would be dope, dope as shit, but the animated Batman. And I've like never it was. A, I remember it being a good show, but I have not watched it. Ah, man, you turned it off. Oh, you, you want to keep watching anymore? You really want to keep watching? If this you're going to play Chell, then leave it on because it gives me yeah. something to watch. All right. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm at the point where Sportsnet is playing football highlights, so I'm not going to watch that. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I did. I did watch a couple, uh, one of the games on Sunday. I do like saying the name Jimmy Garoppolo, though. That's a good name. I always thought it was Garoppolo. Uh, Yeah, I was surprised that her brother was a good football player. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a better view here. You thought Janine Garofalo was also a quarterback? Well, I thought maybe yeah, he, first in between, first quarterback in, in between being on Air America or whatever. Um, in I between, starring I also know who she actually is. In between, like, starring in uh, the latest uh, sequel to Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, that movie fucking rocks. By the way. Oh yeah, so good. Did, Paul, did you guys watch the show News Radio? No, I don't remember that. I, I didn't, but apparently that's where like Joe like Joe Rogan was in that. Show. Yeah, that's that's he right. was a radio guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um Elliot well, had a Joe Rogan bit in his head earlier today. I forgot what it was. The thing that always strikes me about Wet Hot American Summer is how for the fir- for like from the time I was like 18 to the time I was like 24, I just dressed exactly like Paul Rudd dresses in that movie. <laughs> Like with a little bit, be like, and be like, well, he he just like wears a he just like wears a Canadian tuxedo for like most of that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, as long as we're talking about uh, stuff that comes up in the chat, I also just wanted to uh, address something that I think was misunderstood by a lot of people that I said about Ridley Scott in the last episode. So when I made that analogy, I said I was comparing it to taking away. I was comparing taking away Trevor Linden's second run in Vancouver to taking away uh, Blade Runner from Ridley Scott. I'm going to try not to spend too long on this, but I think people misunderstood that as like that would mean that they would be bad, which doesn't make any sense, because like if you take away Trevor Linden's like second half, he's still very good. But like my point about Ridley Scott is if you take away Blade Runner, then instead of being this like canonical like great director he would just be like ron howard he would just be like pretty good okay and uh because like for real like his his alien and blade runner are his two best movies by a long shot and the rest of his movies are like bad to decent like pretty good yeah like, best he's got, he's got tenure. so you know that's that was the point i was making i wasn't saying like that Ridley Scott is bad. I was just saying that he's not like 
he hasn't he hasn't totally made a movie as good as fucking uh Blade Runner since, you know. Not even close. Um Tony Scott is his brother. No, I was saying was he better? Uh no, I don't think so. Because what did Tony Scott do? Here. This is what people come to the show for. Me oh my God. Googling <laughs> Tony Scott to see what movies he's directed. I know he did Top Gun. Um I don't think Top Gun's a good movie. No, it's not. I, I've never seen top, it, but top, I have feel... Top Gun really like shaped shaped me as a as a little kid. Like I like, love that shit. In terms of like sheer amounts of lines that have entered the pop like the canon, it is absolutely up there. But in terms of an actual movie, it has its flaws. Like, what if I huge. instead of Top Gun, it was Prop Gun, and it was about Alec Baldwin murdering? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh yeah, no, his his oh he did true romance. That's a really good movie. And uh uh and I was a big fan of Man on Fire. True Romance is the first movie that uh Quentin Tarantino wrote, but he didn't direct it. Um Um, Man on Fire. I can't believe they remade that to be about a woman. Um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's good. Um a lot of these I, I have not seen. Lost. Is that a portrait of a lady on fire joke? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> One of my Anyways, favorites. Um... I love setting women on. Never mind. <laughs> this. <laughs> oh God. Some uh, some guy who likes. I don't know. Anyways. Um, he's into fire play. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, this there is... was a, there was a brief period coming back to the Canucks where. I tried, I tried to come up with Canucks memes about that movie. <laughs> a portrait of a lady on fire? Yeah, I tried to like, I went back and like took screenshots and just like did the little like a word is here and like this is the Canucks, this is Jim Benning. There was one where it's like, it's the painting of her on fire and it's just, that's, uh, I was I was really grasping for content back there in the early COVID there. Yeah, we don't have to do that anymore because a bunch of stuff happened this week. So yeah, this is a really yeah. appropriate episode for us to just bullshit for twenty minutes about nothing at Jesus the beginning. Christ. Um, uh, thank you for uh, producing us, Justin Morissette. I also think I forgot to mention his name last time. Yeah, he should um, uh, he should keep all this in though. It's been good. Um, anyways, we'll see. Uh, where do we want to start? I guess we should well, start with the main event. Which it went, just for a little context, I okay. did uh, when we were talking about uh, this is just for the listeners. When yeah. we were talking about uh, th- talking about recording today, um, we were we like decided to delay by by day just because I had some like really bad internet tr- troubles, and I said like, ah, oh, well, you know, it, it was kind of an uneventful week for the Canucks, anyways. <laughs> like, so, like that's so good. <laughs> like, you know how many weeks there's been absolutely nothing to talk about. And then they they hire uh, an, a GM and an AGM in the span of the like since the last time we talked, one of whom is the only woman in an NHL for an office right now. And Bias is like, yeah, nothing happened this week. <laughs> no disrespect. I am just really, really stupid. <laughs> uh, so should we start? I guess we should start with Patrick Alvin. Um, I think we should because. Um, yeah, Canucks have a new general manager, um, and I think I think the best take about it that says a lot was Jackson's uh, tweet about Patrick Alvin <laughs> uh, yeah. earlier this week. Would you like to repeat it? Yeah, uh, Patrick Alvin's English is better than Jim Bettings. <laughs> yes, which is uh, 
I guess for those of you that aren't aware, Patrick Alvin is Swedish. He's the first Swedish GM in NHL history, which is wild that it took until 2022 for that to happen. It took until plus the NHL that this is diversity. All these all these things happen because uh, we killed Don Cherry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he has been. We sacrificed him at the altar of progress. Um, But it is like Sweden's got to be what third behind America and Canada for. Well, I should say sorry, Canada and America for like producing NHL players. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be right. And I I mean, mean, Linden's a Swedish name. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anyways. And yeah, it just seems absurd that like, man, it must really uh, it must really uh, like rankle a lot of Swedish people that Finland got one first. Um, Uh, Um, But uh, yeah, uh, Alvin comes from the Pittsburgh organization where he served as an AGM under Jim Rutherford. So um, kind of a promotion for him, I guess, but a lot of people are sort of speculating that he will kind of do less uh, in his role than a typical GM does. And that Rutherford will kind of do a bit more as a president, which honestly I think is fine. If you're, it's fine if you're hiring a rookie GM Yeah, because that was part of the, I mean, there were so many problems. One of the problems with hiring uh, Jim Benning, like, Take your pick. Um, you know, like hiring a guy who pulls his pants all the way down at the urinal. Um, <laughs> like, you know, there's there's like, yeah. there's a long list of reasons why uh, why Jim Betting was not a good hire. But one of the, of the mistakes that they made is they hired him and a president, and they went with a rookie president too. And worse yeah. yet, they went with a rookie president that they basically couldn't fire. Um, just three rookies at one time. Yeah, rookie GM, rookie it's president. Shocking. Rookie and then meanwhile, they wouldn't let there be more than one rookie on the actual NHL team where Matt <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Lose um, a rookie cap. And see now, like what what they have going for them now is they sort of they have a nice mix. Like they have a very veteran coach, they have a very extremely veteran president of hockey operations, and now they have they've taken you know kind of a I don't know if you call it a chance, but like. They've brought in some new blood to round out their AGMs and and such. Um, what did you guys think of the the Alvin hire? I do not. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about him. I kind of yeah. regard him as like an extension of Rutherford, given that he used to work for Rutherford. Yeah. Be um, awesome with yourself. I uh, the same. Like I, I can't. I can't speak on. I, I can't act like I know much about him. Um, I was skeptical. I was more skeptical a week ago when when the name was coming out, just because I thought he was going to be um, just a yes man. But I think I think I am buying some of the talk, like uh, some some of the uh, reviews that other people have been giving about sure. him and like what his role was in Pittsburgh and and how like there are good reasons why he was trusted to be the interim GM um, and how I think the one line that convinced me because I'm because I'm a mark is mm-hmm. that Rutherford was approached or all then was approached uh, like three or four times in the last few years uh, to take a GM job elsewhere and, and Rutherford oh and Rutherford he, he, didn't well, want Rutherford, to give him up uh, yeah and I don't think he like Rutherford like stepped in the way but I think he knew that he didn't like 
he did not want Alvin to leave, and so he kept giving him more responsibilities, and he kept showing himself up, right, or uh, showing himself uh, worthy of those responsibilities. And it's uh, it gives it gives me like a little bit more hope, like because uh, sure. yeah, what what was the worst case scenario with uh, with this guy is that it was just going to be a yes man, and I, but, it's but funny you say that a yes, a yes, but one sec, but a yes yeah. man of a guy who does a ton of trades kind of just for fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay with that. Uh, it's actually funny you say that, Vias, because I was just, I feel like I was listening to the Vancast maybe or somewhere I saw a thing or heard a thing that uh, apparently the thing Jim Rutherford likes about Patrick Alvin is that he challenges him all the time. Beauty. So he's actually the opposite of a yes man, allegedly. I, so. um, I made this point on Twitter, like when he got hired, um, unless you like have experience working in the NHL or are like an insider, basically, um, you don't fucking know the difference between Patrick Alvian and and Stan Darsh um, or Derek Clancy or I can't remember Darsh's. One of those name. was almost like a. Re- it was Matthew Darsh. Okay, yeah, I thank you. Just yeah, totally. Making no, I was just up. I just couldn't remember his name, so I went with the South Park um, name. <laughs> um, I I mean I and like uh, that list of uh, interview uh, or candidates uh, did did have me pretty scared because I really thought they were going to, they're going to go for noted uh, domestic abuser, uh, Sean Burke. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go with Sean yeah. Burke. That would have been but definitely the worst one. Nice move. It, it did. It did like, like we were really thrown off uh, for that, like two days there where I was like, Oh great. They like, it is really good. They hired a uh, cast gay. Cause uh, um, like her resume is pretty awesome. Um, and she has represented great players. And uh, has fleeced the Canucks uh, through Anton Roussel. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk about and, her and, a little bit more in a minute. Yeah, and for for them to then go be like, also we're looking at Sean Burke. It's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it felt it, very was, much that like, was a big red flag. That, yeah, that was totally. Like, has anything actually changed? Like, yes, yeah, something that, changed. But that's like, very much like the Kevin Spacey "I am a gay man" thing, or like you know, guy gets. Uh, caught doing sex pest stuff and then is like follow these wonderful gals like that would have been really shitty if they like hired Rachel Dory and Emily Kastengay and then yeah. were like yeah here's Sean Burke um, yeah. yeah you know like Matthew Darsh sounds like a smart guy too um, looking back through Alvin's um, history like it's kind of tough to get a sense of him as a as a player evaluator, because he has a background in scouting, particularly European scouting, like was how he got his sort of start in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh just hasn't needed draft picks for like 15 years. And they, for the entire time that Alvin was a European scout, they didn't pick out of Europe that much when they picked. And when he was director of scouting, um, they just didn't make a ton of picks or they traded away a lot of their picks. Um, You know, like there were definitely some wins in there, some good, uh, you know, like I would say his record drafting in Pittsburgh was like as good as anywhere else. Like it doesn't really stand out, but it's not bad. Um, And, you know, I, I like that. I like that. I, I like the higher, a lot more in the context of all the other hires they've made and everything else that they've said than I would if they would had just come out uh, on 
you know, December, like in early December or whatever, and gone like, okay, here's our president, Jim Rutherford, GM, Patrick Alvey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like it a lot more in context. We were kind of afraid when Rutherford came in being like, was this just a guy that Frank had heard of? And that's why. Yeah, it's for sure. And that is, po- that is possible. And, and, oh. Uh, that that is possibly like how it actually did go, but um, but nothing that's since happened then, since has been like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see this, guys, uh, listeners. I'm playing NHL online oh, yeah. right now. See, uh, the boys are watching on Zoom. Um, I got a lost connection to the other player right after a goal. That means the other person got so pissed off they pressed quit. Yeah, he made he made I a guy from Ed, he made a guy from Edmonton rage quit. Oh, this he's, is this is he's Calgary. playing against. He's playing against. Oh, this is Calgary. Okay. Yeah, man. Oh, you already finished the I, Edmonton I, game. Jesus. Yeah, he won the Edmonton game. Okay. Well. Yeah, handily. Ah, oh, he rage quit after two goals. What a. I can't, <laughs> can't say yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, Horvat was and was threatening the natural hat trick, but. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you guys are keeping track. Uh, I'm gonna play some silly jerseys just uh, just for you guys. Oh yeah. Uh, well, do they have one. the salmon jerseys? Regrettably, they don't. But I literally have the salmon jersey right next to me on the couch because I wore this. Oh um, hell yeah! Oh, oh no, that's that not so good. good. That's not the one with I'm the talking about. That's a great the, one though. Yeah, no name. Oh, on you the mean back. the like '94? I'm talking the like '94 oh. salmon jersey. Like, I guess it would be like '95. Yeah, yeah, like '96. You're doing the West Coast Express with the red trim, which is great. Uh, one of my favorite jersey of that era um it's the one i always think of when i think of todd bertuzzi i always think of him in that jersey and you have the hockey fights cancer one oh wow i've, I've never seen they never played in these there's no way they never played in these. they're like mauve and black that's yeah that's... then there's the camo oh, oh that's Ooh, terrible gross. oh man <laughs> that sucks camo yeah. for those of you listening at home google camo canucks jersey it's awful yeah, um, just like a military trim. I'll wear these yellow ones. They'll be good. It'd these be, are my favorite. These like 2011. My brother has one of those, and it looks pretty sick. The 40th anniversary stick yeah, and rink. It's pretty. The good ones that. without the names in the back. I have for yeah. some reason love that. Because it's about the crest on the front. It's about the it's about the crest on the on the front. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, what Aside else? Aside from about... the best conductors, is where it's not even about the crest on the front. It's about the graphic design element. <laughs> it's, yeah, about the, logo. it's about the watermark that says Vancouver on the front, not the name on the back. I love that one. It's about the indecipherable Saturn looking thing on the front, not the name on the back. Um, oh, I get to wear the yellow flying V on this one. Hell yeah, that's great. Okay. The, the goal yellow... makes someone rage quit when they see you're wearing that jersey. <laughs> okay. Okay, so hot... <laughs> that looks so bad. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a bad jersey. Okay, but hot take: the black flying V. Actually, the black flying V looks sick. It looks cool. Yeah, it used to get like lumped up with the yellow one as like a super ugly one that people would talk about. But yeah, those the people are wrong. The black one is good. When you see one in person, you're like, this has to come back. Um, my it's my girlfriend my just has one, and like when I saw one, like the first time I went to her place, so I was like. Oh, she's the one. <laughs> she has a black flying V. Uh, there was great. a Boston jersey right next to it, though. Ooh, which how does that happen? Cause, it's because her dad is one of those guys who like grew up in like you know the sixties. Original six, yeah. There okay. was no Canucks, so you kind of had to pick a team, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, apparently his 
was it his dad or one of his uncles was like, uh, oh, you know, his dad, mm-hmm. his uh, biological dad was Red Wings draft pick, but he never played. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So my mom's maiden name is Wisher, right? Uh-huh. And um, there is a and there's like a side like her her dad was like no contact with like the rest of his family. Uh-huh. Um, and there is there is a former San Jose Sharks draft pick and player like he played a tiny bit in the NHL named Ty Wishart. And he's like from oh, Comox. Oh, and I'm pretty sure we're related. Because oh, like that seems like that's not a very common last name, and it's and from the same island, area. So. Yeah, yeah, and there's only like there's only like five families on the island, anyways. So it's, <laughs> it's everybody... like it, it gets it gets pretty small. Oh and yeah, we're the, all the last name. The, the last names do get do get pretty repetitive. Yeah, absolutely. You know how many British premiers are named Campbell? Man, like more than you'd think. Really? So. So going going back like, like that. my my grandpa was one of these like ridiculous like Scottish nationalists who's never like left Canada. Like he was yes. like <laughs> you know you know what I mean like just the guy who's like so proud of his Scottish heritage but has never set foot like beyond the lower mainland. Um, yeah, flying back to Scotland is expensive, dude. And so that and is true. Scots are notoriously good at spending money. <laughs> And so, anyways, um, that is not a stereotype that I know about. Scots oh, are good. <laughs> no, Scots are. It's like a super old stereotype that Scottish people are really cheap. Yeah, absolutely. really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Fuck this is back when you be racist. I have never heard of this. It's it's very old. It's like yeah. a very it's it it is. It's like it an Irish need not apply level of racism. Where it's yeah, like, absolutely. This hasn't been a relevant thing for like thirty years. And it's right. even older like, than the Scots it's even older than Ireland because Irish. because Scotland True. like Scotland got to be white uh, before Ireland did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like Scotland got a lot. Like they, like most of like BC's original settlers. Yeah, are absolutely. Scottish. Yeah, like Simon Fraser. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, also a distant relative of mine, according to my dad. Um, I don't know how that happens, but um, very distant though. Uh, but anyways, he, uh, I remember him telling me the story, like when I was like seven, of how the Campbell clan, um, like snuck into the McDonald clan's like quarters like a fucking thousand years ago and murdered a like almost all of them at the behest of the English or whatever. Um, and, uh, and anyways, my, my grandpa who like didn't have a Scottish accent, but would just say this in a Scottish accent. Um, <laughs> anytime Gordon Campbell came up, he would just be like, never trust a Campbell. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. anyways, uh, uh anything else on, uh, Patrick Olivian? That, uh, that you guys could think of. Um, well, did I did I end up talking about that like sensible but just kind of like deranged theory that like the Canucks need a Matt Sundin type player? Yeah, yes. you mentioned uh, that on the last episode. Yeah. I did. Okay, well, that was like half uh, of the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember I spent way too long talking about it. Well, the prophecy is true. We got it. We got a guy who looks exactly like Matt Sundin. <laughs> we got a bald Swedish guy. 
Yeah, we got we got yeah. uh, Patterson a dad, um, yeah. and rightfully so. He 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 uh, he works above him, not uh, not not with him. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, it's uh, I've, I have already seen some fan cams of Rutherford and Olivine walking. Um, don't know if I'm ready for that, um, but you know what? Sure. You know what I am we'll ready for fun. is uh, for Jim Rutherford to read me a bedtime story. Uh, his voice I, is wonderful to listen to. Uh, Quad I mean, said the same thing in the last yeah, episode. It's great. Actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it seems fine. I, I'm, sur- I, I probably will. You did to... not have a grandpa who sounded like that, though. Probably, you know, like no, no, definitely not. No, yeah, no. like whereas, no. like uh, unless Jim know. Rutherford has like a really good uh, Hindi accent, <laughs> <laughs> Jim, if you got one, time to chime in. Um, that would be the time if there was if you were ever gonna break out a racist Indian voice. This is the one time I'll hear it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anyways, but uh, just like I feel like I said this with somebody. Else. Oh, I said with with uh, with all of them, but like uh, the the minute that we decide we don't like him, I, I have uh, I will record his speeches in uh, in Alvin and Chipmunk's voice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all you have to do is speed it up. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be so easy. Yeah. Um, the the same goes for for uh, for Rutherford. I will make I will bust out a ton of Hans Wallman memes because I think it's indistinguishable. I think he looks exactly like Hans. He Wallman. does kind of look pretty close. He's and he, you know I what think, he is. Uh, no, he is fifty percent Hans Wallman, fifty percent Carl from Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has because he he's a bit more hair and he's kind of glasses got too, right? And he's the, a bit gruff, more hair. gruff. Like if you yeah. told me Rutherford was in the war, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's right. not yeah, as gruff uh, as Ed Asner. No, no, but, no. But uh, but I could hear. Um, but Hans Molman is, according to like canon, only like thirty four years old, so he's really got like a Frank Cervelli <laughs> thing going on. Uh. <laughs> I do. Oh man, that's so. That's such a good touch. I uh, I have thought the same thing about Frank Cervelli. I that's only like, recently found out that he's thirty four years old, and I am so shocked. That's like <laughs> Wilford Brimley is like forty three in the thing, and he looks like he's like a hundred. No <laughs> Anyways, way. another movie. Is he uh, is he the diabetes guy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he's the one who said. Uh, Greg said it's uh, the first million is the hardest. And then Wilfred Brimley said the first. Uh... Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking about somebody else. I'm thinking about like okay. an actual like Texas trillionaire. Okay. Um, I have no idea what you're talking uh, about. But anyways. anyways. Editor's note. He's thinking of Warren Buffett. Other notable WBs include Warner Brothers, producers of the Pinky and the Brain. Uh, I have a random. Uh, wait, no, wait. Do we have more thoughts on all then? Um, uh, not particularly like. Oh. Yeah, I don't think it's, so. Like, it's well, just one of those things where you're just gonna have to wait until they do something, basically. Yeah, to be able to. Yeah, you with any rookie executive, you're best. You're left unless, like I said, you know uh, a lot That's... about the inner workings of NHL teams. You're left just kind of guessing based on yeah. uh, reputation. And the thing is, I will like I I don't want to like kill the vibe or whatever, but like. All the stuff that people said about Patrick Alvin um, is shit that they said about Jim Benning eight years ago. Like every every executive in the league who gets hired as a GM at like for the first time, everyone says what a wonderful guy he is, what a hard worker he is, how like how great he is. Like that's there's no like 
there's no version of the NHL anywhere in any universe where you like ask a guy who used to work with another guy on the record about him and like the job he did. And they go like, Oh, that guy, he's a fucking dumb idiot asshole. And I hate him. Yeah. Unless you call Jackson McDonald about it. Yeah. You you will not hear that. Yeah, and I, and I think that 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 scans with like like this sounds like like a line out of your out of your notebook that like if you're a journalist who's covering a brand new GM hiring or a coach hiring, you are going to gas that person up like crazy because you want quotes from them. You want you want yeah. you want them to return your calls. Like you think you think uh, if you if you immediately badmouth the new GM of a team, and you are one of the kind of higher tier reporters for a team. Um, you're not going to fucking badmouth them. Like you, you need quotes. You need, you need to get inside their office. You need them to pick up the phone. Um, so of course they're going to, they're, they're going to pump up their tires. But you know, at the same time, it's like what teams have been more successful than Pittsburgh over the last 15 years? Yeah. Like yeah, not yeah. many. So, so, you know, and even like I said, like just looking at the draft record or whatever, it would seem that like at the very least he's not, he was not bad at his job. And he's going to be working in a large front office with a bunch of different moving parts. Um, and so, you know, uh, we'll see. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seems pretty good, particularly in light of what I think is the honestly, even though it's not the bigger position, I think the more important story that dropped since we last recorded, which is the hiring of Emily Castonguay as AGM. Mm-hmm. Um, a big deal for a number of reasons. Uh, not the least. So I'm confused about this one. Yeah. Uh, about the positive press because she's responsible for the uh, Antoine Roussel contract. Yeah, but she's on our side now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's why we're the positive. Yeah, we're like thing Microsoft and we just hired the hackers. That exactly. Hacked Microsoft. We're, uh, have you guys seen Catch Me If You Can? That's another movie Quasi yeah. probably hasn't seen. Yeah. This is, this is <laughs> yeah, the this FBI is hiring, at the uh, end of the movie hiring Leonardo DiCaprio to work for you. This, this is, this is in the, in, uh, I was going to say The Departed. That's not the right movie. Goodwill, <laughs> hunt, Goodwill Hunting when they try to get Matt Damon to get hired by the NSA. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And then he sends, uh, um, ben oh, that Affleck was such to a good do scene. the, Interview. That's the best role Ben Affleck has ever been in. Not Ben Affleck throughout that movie, but Ben Affleck at the NSA. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the awesome height of his career. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Although um, the line at the end of the movie about jacking off into a baseball glove was really funny. That is very funny. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, obviously, not the least of which is that she is currently the only woman in an NHL front office. Not the first. Um, do we remember who the first is? Uh, we talked about it in the chat, but I, I don't have the name 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 on top of my head. Feels it, important it, to get this right. Was it with Tampa Bay? No, it was with uh, the Anaheim was, Ducks. Oh, Tampa no, no, had no, the no. first uh, woman goalie. Yeah, the no, first no, no, woman no. to sort of play in the NHL because it was an exhibition game. Yeah, that's right. No, the first woman to be an AGM in the NHL is Angela Gorgoni. Oh, um, okay. And yeah, I believe Anaheim. Uh, I'm just going to assume that's right and not check because I don't feel like looking at my phone. Um, that is right. This seems like a great hire. I don't know about you guys, but uh, this one seems like a good one to me. Particularly yeah, think- because she managed to get Antoine Roussel that contract. And if she managed to do that, then I can only imagine what she can do uh, screwing over potential players that want to play for us. Uh, because that guy was never worth that money and everybody knew it. 
And and if she can fleece a NHL GM that well, uh, hopefully she can do it again, but for us this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I know that she's represented uh, a few dozen other players. I don't remember too much about. A lot of French-speaking um, players. Alexi Lafreniere being one of them. Ooh. I didn't, I didn't think about that connection. I, I forgot um, that uh, the, the two ones that I know of are French. But JT, uh, oh. JT Miller go, uh, going yeah, to New York is a rumor that's out there. <laughs> JT Miller going back to uh, yeah, New York. There's no right way that Lafreniere America. comes back on that one, uh, right? The tr- no. That is, if that happens, it's a the trade is one for one situation. But there's no way it's one for one, right? No, he. Well, I mean, we'll get to possibly trading. John like, like that's later on. he's much like Lafreniere is still a franchise player. JT Miller is not a franchise player. Yeah, like, potentially. Why? Why is that on the table? Has Lafreniere had like a bust season? Like that? I don't much? think he's yeah. performed like, very well. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, maybe not as a as a number one pick, but like he's still like a top six player at what age I actually 20? don't know if that's the case let me, no, let me I, check this. I don't think that's I mean I'm completely speaking based off of like vibes of what I've overheard on Twitter that is absolutely yeah. not how he's performed he still has like that upside but but let's see what actually Jackson comes and, up and, this and is like, the does, thing does that make sense for a team like New York to give up yeah he has 12 points in 44 games yeah. no well oh, probably you not, need to compete but... within Panarin's window Oh, is that real? All this money well, on Aaron. Okay, wait. Let me let me let me think through this. I mean, Tyler Adam Sagan Fox. got traded for Louis Erickson. I want that you know? agent. <laughs> so like, so like, uh, it's not. Louis I mean, Erickson I'm I'm exaggerating because there was other. Yeah, players. I mean that. I mean, okay, so admittedly, but you know, Dallas. Thing, oh shit! Which way did that trade go? But Tyler Sagan had fucking like 60 points after being traded. Alexi Lafreniere has a career high of 21. So, anyways, I don't want to talk about JT Miller yet. I don't want to. I want to uh, give. Are we saving that for later? Uh, yeah, we're gonna get into trade stuff later. Um, okay, okay, Because okay. I want to. I want to give uh, Emily Kassengay uh, yeah, 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 a yeah, little yeah, bit of time here because she absolutely deserves it. Yeah, um, and I remember one one thing I was thinking about when she, when she got hired is that uh, like I don't think it was talked about too much, but like I assume she's gonna be the cap specialist, like. She, yeah, she's the only one of like. those. Um, I look. I don't know Rutherford's resume too closely, but I think Emily will be the only one with a law degree, and I think you pretty much need to have one to... degree in law and finance. So definitely. Qualified. Oh wow! I didn't. Yeah, I did yeah. not know about that. That's yeah. that's a huge help. Uh, I don't think you can responsibly run an NHL team without somebody who knows how to read the CBA. Uh, Absolutely like, not. Yeah. Uh, no. In, in in the way that a legal expert would be able to, and yeah. I'm pretty sure Gilman had had a law degree. I don't know if he had a science degree or not, but uh, that gave me confidence because like I don't think we had like Chris. Okay, oh, I think I remember why I thought this immediately was mm-hmm. because well we fired Chris Gear and yeah. you need to get somebody uh, with that. But Chris Gear sounded like he he dealt with a lot of stuff beyond just the cap. Like he was responsible for. Getting the atmosphere Canucks. So Canucks apparently, over. the word Dude. on Chris Gear is he handled uh, RFAs. That was just the, RFAs. Well, that was the contract related stuff. He handled RFAs in the cap, right? And then UFAs was another, like I, I don't know, something else, right? Somebody else or a group of other people or whatever else. So that is but that yeah. was kind of why people were. Um, 
or at least smart people, people who like well-informed people were not so happy about them firing Chris gear because he like was responsible for all the team's good contracts. Right. And right, not right. Any of the bad ones, but um, well, Hey, that's uh, I, I hope he makes the same money at daily face off. I also <laughs> just, yeah, me too. Um, I, it also seems um, like he, uh, I know that's, I, I realize that's a joke and that that would never happen, but still, um, <laughs> he'll, he'll find, he'll find good work. He'll find work. Yeah. The other thing uh, that. I like about I I like hiring an agent. I just feel yeah. like that's a really yeah. valuable perspective to have. Oh, but you mentioned the CBA, by the way. Ryan Beach, I know for a fact, reads the CBA every year. Yeah, um, I was I was going to bring that up. But. Yeah, I, but but I don't think he has like a law background. But no, he at least he reads a, it and is familiar with the entire thing. Yeah, um, which is really something to be honest with you because it is fucking dry as hell. I have tried. To yeah, and yeah. I like I've read yeah, a few not... like specific things in because of internet arguments, but yeah, yeah no, I would not read the whole thing. Yeah, I I, I, will, I never will. Like I know uh, I could be an asset to the show if I like knew it probably. <laughs> uh, but fuck, I'm not reading that shit. Yeah, you, you would have to pay me to read that. Yeah, for sure. Um, just just you and Sam, just like breaking down actual CBA things. Yeah, she's so much smarter than me though, so I would probably <laughs> take a huge backseat. But. Um, and I think going back, like, I don't like fluffing up lawyers because I think it's an evil industry and I don't think it should exist um, on principle. But yeah, you need you need you know somebody that... who not only you need somebody who not only knows how to read it, because a lot of people can read it or the, the pool is bigger than the group who would know how to fuck with it. Lawyers would know how to fuck with the cap. Yes. And that's who I think we need. We don't need somebody who just understands. We need somebody who uh, can manipulate it. A shark. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need shark. We need. You know, uh, that's why we need Mike Ritchie. You know that. Uh, <laughs> you, you know that uh, uh, saying about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Like, I totally know that. Everything. Jackson. Could you remind no, me? No, you've probably actually. <laughs> you have probably actually heard it before. Everything. Don't know who those two people are. They're the two like people from. I'm being so old right now, but like they're. <laughs> The two people who, like the man and woman who did all the fucking like sing and dance movies in the 50s, right? Fred Astaire is like the fucking dancer guy. Like he's, he was all a household right. name for a long time. All people right. would always say that everything this Fred... This sounds like that I think you should leave episode where with the jazz <laughs> Boy guy. Dunk. Um, or, you know, yeah, Fred Astaire, yeah. he did the Colgate Hour with, okay, uh, with no, Tab people, people fucking know who Fred Astaire is. That's That's silly. <laughs> Like Fred you Astaire quads don't, but like, come on, even I know who this is. Yes, and Fred I've Astaire was name, on an episode of Family Guy, so uh, Stewie danced to, to me, him in an episode of Family Guy. To me, Guy, Fred so. Astaire is the guy from SNL. Like that is literally who I think. <laughs> what? Okay. Anyway, Fred, Fred Oh, okay. Um, anyways, there's a saying that people used to always say, and it's like about like it's extrapolated to like referring to like women in in all kinds of different. Um, uh, jobs and like situations or whatever that everything Fred Astaire had to do, Ginger Rogers had to do backwards and in heels. And uh, yes. I was going to say yeah. that that's you and Sam, except Sam is still doing all the Ginger Rogers stuff, but you're just like dancing the chicken dance. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is the chicken dance. <laughs> yeah. Again, still getting it wrong. Um, yeah. You're doing um, the Macarena. <laughs> oh, she is like tap dancing in circles around you. It's a it's a cultural it's a cultural dance. You know the macarena is Greek. Crazy, right? No, that I'm so that, ashamed. I that makes Wait, you sense. knew that one. 
No. You didn't know I that thought it was Italian. I thought it was I thought it was Mexican. the macaroni. I don't know what I don't I don't know what No, I mean Jax is actually right that I thought it was a Okay. Like yeah. Latin. Yes, Latin. Uh anyways, I uh and another thought because this is about Emil uh, sorry, I I I mess up and sometimes say Emil, but that's not because I'm not respecting a woman's name. That's because I don't understand French. Yeah. Um, which is different and decolonial because <laughs> this is a, anyways. Okay. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, also, I, Yos is full of shit. The microphone is Spanish. Okay. Yeah. That makes way more sense. <laughs> it's a Greek song, though. Uh, I lost Del Rio. Okay. Yeah. That, that's not right. Uh, You're thinking of Miserloo. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm I never sure think, think of Mr. Mr. That's something you think about. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm so close to Googling this, but I, I, have, a, I have a game to play. That's um, the Pulp Fiction theme song. Yeah, you know, I, I know, I know. Okay, I, used okay, to, yeah. I used to have it on my phone. It's a good song. Um, or, or my old MP3 player. But uh, uh, anyways, I think uh, there's a... Uh, uh, like, a lot of people have said that uh, Emily Kassengay is uh, quite overqualified. Or not overqualified, but she could easily get, get a GM job, and uh, I, I think oh, her next really... job will be a GM, and she'll be the first female GM in history. I've, yeah, I, yeah. I will like, I would pretty much call that like, yeah, unless unless call. unless the Canucks like really eat shit over the next few years, and like they're they're like as hilariously terrible as they've been for the last eight. But if the Canucks even perform, I, like, I, don't, I don't, I don't even think she would wear that though. I, like even if the Canucks ate shit, I don't think she would. Yeah, wear that. you might though, and especially when you're a diversity hire. Like I feel like the it's a shorter leash. Or it might Do just think... even, or it might just even set her back, and then someone else can snipe it. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, when yeah. I say diversity hire, I don't mean that's the reason she was hired. I just mean she falls under the umbrella of being other. other yeah, someone, someone in the NHL in a hiring position might think that, which is all that matters. Yeah, exactly. For this yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Guys, is Joel Edmondson good? Because this guy like just dangled around me. He, no, that would never happen in the real world. Fuck. He's uh he's okay, I think. Actually, I think he's pretty bad now. I think he was okay for a time, like an okay, like sort of physical, like the with the blues, he was okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, anything else on uh Emily Kassengay? Uh no, not really. Just um I think uh uh someone that I follow on Twitter made this point where he was basically like, if you want to get really good hires, just hire women because you're going to get the best women because no one's hiring them. So you get your, you get first crack at all the best people if you do that. And I think that that is a very good point. Yeah. Um, Cause you could, you like, if you're hiring a guy to be an AGM, you're hiring theoretically like if the nhl operates the way it's supposed to which it doesn't but like theoretically if you hired a guy to be an agm you're at best getting the 33rd best guy at doing it in the nhl yeah whereas like if you hire a woman you could be getting theoretically the best because no one knows right um so yeah like that she's an agent like that she has two degrees in relevant uh fields uh, she this seems is very... the only, This is the only time Jackson has been impressed by somebody having a degree. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay, but she has a degree. No, I, I was going to say these actually seem like two real degrees, though, to me. Like 
maybe not law law is made up but like, law is made up finance is hard to understand so that feels like a thing you would need to have a degree in well so is law but <laughs> see i think okay call back to catch me if you can frank yeah. abagnale studied for the bar for two weeks and passed so back in the back in the day you could do that back in the day all you had to do was like have a dad who owned land and you could you could walk into a law firm and get a job. it was the seven there were the 60s or 70s i, I would say yeah, before okay. the 90s it was right, fair enough the, but the thing is the pool of it's people the joke from that scrubs that, that he took the bar exam in alaska where they only have six laws most of which are about when you can and cannot hunt seals yeah okay <laughs> yeah fair enough well um let's call that or yeah and she seems very ambitious and I think it is very cool that, you know, she just came out and said, like, I want to be, I've wanted to be a GM, not an AGM, not work in a front office, but she was like, I wanted to be a GM since I was like in my early twenties, that fucking rocks. Yeah. Um, very cool. I honestly hope that uh, I, or I shouldn't say I hope, but I think it would be very cool if she ends up being the next GM of the Canucks when all is said and done. When True, somebody yeah. decides to move on or retire or whatever else, that would be super dope. Um, yeah, that would be dope. Okay. Did you guys hear about the story that she had about like part of why she came to Vancouver? Oh yes. man, I but forget I don't know this. Who tell it on the story on the podcast. I forgot about this. I I definitely heard it, but I I don't remember the details. So yeah, Elliot, Elliot, you can you can cut in if you want, but um, she kind of like had had her plan like. I think she actually did say that it was like on her dream board or she, yeah, she had, had a like, vision board, which definitely board. made my synapses fire in a funny way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and her plan, uh, I think all, along with her sister at the mm-hmm. time um, was to, was to move to Vancouver by like 35 or 38 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But she, she had a, had an age set for when she wanted to do that. Um and then right before, I, uh, I, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but it had to do with her sister uh, passing away. Yeah, absolutely. I think I on her yeah. bed that she prom- made that promise to her or something. I'm sure I'm getting a part of this like key story wrong. Here, let um, me see if I can. Here's a quote from her. My sister died tragically 10 years ago. And during the last conversation we had, she told me that one day I was going to manage the Vancouver Canucks, Caston Gay said in French. So when the Canucks called, it was pretty emotional for me. I felt the, the universe was trying to bring me here. Caston Gay, whose sister Valerie passed away at the age of 25 due to a medical error while undergoing rhinoplasty. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a oh, regular, my God. What a. What yeah, a it was really sad. It was like totally like. Yeah. Wrote Vancouver on a vision board five or six years ago. I had written a certain age and then written Vancouver beside it be- just because I wanted to be in Vancouver at that point in my life, said Caston Gay, who will turn 38 on March 13th. I didn't know how I was going to get there or how it was going to happen, but I turned that age in about a month and a half. So it's always been kind of oh, in the wow. back of my mind and on my vision board. And whether it was as an agent or working in the NHL, I didn't know how it was going to be there, but it's pretty awesome. It worked out that way. So for me, Vancouver was a no brainer. This is from an article by Kevin Woodley um, for NHL.com called Cast and Gay hired as uh, hired by Canucks as assistant GM. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. But like five years ago, it would have been like 2017. And it would have been pretty foreseeable that at some point the Canucks are going to have some big front office openings. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Like not to take anything away from what we've just said, but yeah, that's keeping your goals realistic and manageable. Yeah. That's just, yeah. I honestly feel like how specific the goal was. I honestly feel like if I had really, really applied myself, if I had written 
uh, Vancouver, working for Vancouver Canucks in five to six years in 2017, I could at least be like a social media manager there or something by now. Because, <laughs> I mean, they it was clear they were going to clean house like that long ago, for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just shocking it took as long as it did. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else about Emily um, Kassunge that you guys wanted to get out there? Um. No, uh, I, I think, uh, oh, who was it? It was Stefan Heck at uh, Boring as Heck. I think he had a great tweet. A or was it? Or ago. was it his hockey dipshit account? Uh, it might have been his main main account. Actually. Okay, yeah, he does um, occasionally yeah, hockey, tweet about hockey underscore dipshit. Yeah. Um, yeah, when when he knows, no, no, it's really just hockey dipshit. All one hockey dipshit. Yeah. There is like an imposter account out there, by the way. I don't it know if was you um, it's Yerky. He what? he uh he grabbed it to um to like hold on to it huh. for for him huh. I think and then okay. and then for some reason there's also a hockey dipshit two account that is Stefan and I don't know why that happened okay I'm and not yeah, that it, much of a nerd at one point he deleted one of them yeah I Got, think so because he was gotcha. like I'm done with this team gotcha anyways he he had a, he had a great tweet that went along the lines of. It's uh, it's very confusing. Or like, it's great when the Canucks uh, make a really great move, but it's kind of like when you see a dog driving a car. You're like, where are the wires? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like something's sure. up, <laughs> but you don't want to ruin it. But <laughs> so yeah, that's how I feel. Like we're we're making some interesting, uh, making some interesting moves. Um, I don't know how used to, uh, Benning I am that like, like I don't know how unique these moves are outside of obviously uh, hiring a woman as AGM. Uh, is is extremely unique move to do right now. It's important mm-hmm. to say, but um, like, are these are, are these hirings like that different from other NHL teams that have just been more advanced than the Canucks this whole time, or are we are we back at a cutting edge of uh, of the league? Like, I know it's pretty. It's gonna be really early. You know like, what? From but... from what I from my vague re- recollection of the absolute. Choom Kush Hayes that I was in during the summer uh, doing the producing for controlled entries. Rachel Dory sounded like she was pretty fucking cutting edge. So, yeah. Um, right on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Emily Kassungay just seems like, you know, one of the best that hasn't done it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, she and she just, she sounds very qualified and um i mean as far as being cutting edge like i honestly think like the time to meaningfully be cutting edge was over five years ago right like i just think teams have just kind of caught up to each other in a lot of ways now having said that the canucks in a lot in a number of ways were kind of still in the stone age so this is this is more them catching up to the rest of the league than then yeah, but then uh, not being on the back foot is something I can look forward to. For definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is all positive development. Development. I'm just, I'm like trying to, I'm trying to put it in perspective of like how excited should I be? Like it will be an excited. I will be excited. I am excited. Uh, obviously, good things are happening. But I'm like, are we? I'm basically. I think I'm wondering like, are we 2011 again? Are are we doing hyperbaric campers again? <laughs> I, uh, I, I want. I don't think. We're I, I, I don't want to know why because I want to buy some stock in one of those companies. 
Yeah. Uh, well, you, you, you have one thing to be excited about, and that is the Canucks being reportedly open for business on a number of their players right now. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. The most notable one, obviously, is JT Miller, who I feel like people have been speculating about even before Jim Benning was fired, um, largely just because of his contract situation, his age, and the fact that by all accounts, he should be able to get you about like twice what you paid for him now. Um, And that would be really cool. And the kind of move that the Canucks literally have not pulled off ever. Like when was the last time the Canucks actually just like traded a guy at the peak of his career for a, plethora of like picks and prospects and exciting young assets and shit like i literally can't remember when that happened like i mean like has the it closest you can make an argument for would be like kind of kessler although he yeah. was already on the downswing yeah and and that return su- i shouldn't say it sucked but it wasn't like it could have been better they like, thought I the thought return was real like they thought they were making a great trade yeah and if they had picked up theodore or whoever it was instead of spisa it would have been. It would have been. Trip. Yeah. But even at the same time, like Nick Benino was like 26 or 27. True. Benino you know was what I, mean? than I thought he was. But having, but even having said that, like, I, I think you're right. Like Ryan Kessler is probably the closest you get. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I know this is like kind of a stupid thing to, it's kind of a stupid thing to get excited about, I guess. But like, I don't know. To me, it's like, over eight years, I feel like robbed of that like meaty rebuild trade that you could really dream on and really get excited about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um and I just think like the Canucks, they're not gonna be like the writings on the wall. They're not they're just not good enough uh with this yeah. core. They have to do something. They need cap space, they need young players, they need prospects, they need assets, they need stuff that's gonna make them uh, as Thomas Drance put it recently, closer to winning the 24-25 Stanley Cup. Um, because they're not so, going anywhere right now. Yeah, let's, and, get, let's get Jim to write that on a, on a vision board. Yes, and um, and I think that uh, ultimately, when you look at like JT Miller particularly, we'll talk about some other guys a little bit too, but Fuck. with JT oh. Miller, he is just, he's going to be old and expensive. By the time the Canucks yeah. are good, and so, he should be really expensive. Like I know I have like talked shit about that trade or whatever, but like JT Miller at the way at the like pace that he has played at since he came here, um, just like I I have my certain things that I might like nitpick at where I think like maybe his production's been inflated a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Like he has been a good, not just a top line player, but a good top line player since he's come here and he, his asking price on his next contract should not be any less than like a number that starts with eight. And Mm. the term on it should be like six or or seven years. Like he's earned it. He just has like, um, and the Canucks just can't, they can't be, they can't do that again. That it's just, it's done. They, they, they have, they already have their guy. They already have their too expensive guy on the roster. And it's all over. Mm-hmm. Larson. They can't have yeah. another guy like that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it feels revolutionary. Like it shouldn't for us to have this really good player. He 
hasn't quite hit 30 yet. Yeah. Having, I, I don't know about a career year, but like definitely having a career moment. I uh, right honestly, now. my opinion I, is he is better this year than he was even in his first year. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think yeah, he's yeah. doing I, I just, more. I like, don't know his career, his career well enough to say, like, my biggest thing about JT is. is that if you retain 50% on that contract, oh man, and you look at a contending team and you say, which contending team could not use JT Miller at like 2.8 or whatever that would be? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Just say, like, post on, you know, NHL Craigslist or whatever it is. <laughs> just say, hey, you guys, we'll retain 50% on Conroy JT list. Miller. But, like, we know you guys are all going to be coming to us for business. So, you know, we'll say, we'll do this if you guys make it worth our time. It's, and it's there are a lot of, you, of teams. Uh, one of you heard what I said there. But okay. What did you say? Sorry. I said Craig Conroy list. Oh. <laughs> um, the, I, I, I honestly think, like, there should be a lot of teams that want to buy this year because there are a lot of teams that are actually like pretty good. Like some years you it's look not at obvious the, it's going to be Tampa, you know? Yeah, no. Some years you look at the, the like complement of teams that are at the top of the league and you go like, there's a huge <laughs> drop off after like two or three or four, but this year, yeah. like, like this year I had to, I've had to Google multiple times. Like, which team is first in the league in actual points and which team is first in the league in actual point percentage because it like wasn't obvious, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And like, they like off the top of my head, um, Carolina, uh, Florida and Colorado all have claims to be like, Oh, and Tampa all have claims to be the best team in the league. Yeah, but but even then, those teams like have a lot of random. Like, I don't know about Tampa's injury stuff, but like uh, McKinnon, I don't I don't know how many games. Yeah, he's no, play. for sure. Like there, like, a lot of those teams aren't even playing at full capacity, right? Yeah. yeah. An interesting. Here's an interesting one, just to throw completely just at the wall, like just just shooting from the hip here. But like, you guys think Florida could use like Yaroslav Halak? Because their goaltending mm-hmm. sucks. Does it? Is Bobrovsky uh, just shit in the bed, or is it just like no backup? Uh, I mean, Bobrovsky hasn't performed up to par, like uh, for that contract. And uh, Spencer Knight sucks. He's like less than nine hundred. He's like at point eight nine three. Mm, Jesus. Okay. So like Halak could feasibly be like the starter there. <laughs> yeah. Like like Holy. pretty. It would not surprise me. So I don't know. That's that's just that's one thing that's out there. I don't know how much you'd get for him. I don't know if you'd have to retain or whatever. It's just interesting yeah, that makes, we're, we're in the conversation. So it doesn't matter if you have to retain. He only has a two-year complaint. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think what I was trying to say before is that it just feels revolutionary that we're looking at a player who's doing well, and we actually see the GM wheeling and dealing him, yeah, trying totally. to like that. That would feel like a you only hear that as an interesting like take that one of you guys have like. Wouldn't it be crazy if they actually used this moment to trade him, and everybody else gets mad? It's like, why would you trade our best player? Blah blah blah. Like, those people actually see that reflected are in the GM. so stupid, though. Like, yeah, those no, people absolutely. have never at any point like understood. Like, I saw there was a yeah, guy yeah. who was getting at me yesterday um, about like he was like, "Oh, the Canucks spelt, spent like eight years building a team, and now you want them to spend more time building a team." And it's like, no. The Canucks spent eight years refusing to build a team. They spent eight years buying whatever players 
they could find for way too much money and like trading first round picks and trading prospects for immediate help. Like they did the op whatever rebuilding is it's, it's debatable. It is the opposite of what the Canucks just did for eight years. So like, I'm sorry, but they are where they are. And it's like, do you want to win a fucking Stanley cup or not? Like, do you want to just watch it? Like if you're happy watching a team be the 23rd best team in the league, then fine. But like, but also, you're fine with that. what are you worried about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Thomas Trance made this point on the uh, on the Vancast, which I was listening to today. Um, he was talking about Columbus, and he was like, "Columbus traded Seth Jones, and they're basically still as good as they were, which is like, you know, twenty first in the league or whatever." But like, if you're that worried about like the bottom falling out on you it's like there's not they'll have to adjust their play style a little bit they'll have to give some guys more time they'll have to get more scoring by by committee but it's like it's not worth it to hold on to a guy who could potentially net you a king's ransom so that you can be 23rd in the league instead of 26th in fact if you're rebuilding it's actually better to be 26th and this is the point I've made about JT Miller in the past, which is that on this Canucks team, which has been bad the entire time he's been here, bar, uh, barring a totally fluke, literally once in a century bubble-like situation, they have sucked the entire time he's been here. He is a negative value asset on this team because he puts them higher in the standings, which makes their draft pick shittier. Like, I don't even as good as he's been, like, what has it meant? The the thing that rocks about it is that Francesco Aquilini spent all that money. The front office did all their wheeling and dealing so that they could win a bunch of games in front of absolutely no one and get zero gate revenue. That makes me happy um, because it's very funny to me that uh, <laughs> that was their chance to make the couldn't play. Even sell, you couldn't sell a single stand steamer though. <laughs> yeah. You made zero dollars off that playoff run, and it's the only one you've gotten since 2015. We simply love to see it. Could not have happened to a better bunch of guys. Um, but anyways, uh my my point was it's yeah. just very refreshing to see the smart analytical thinking that of, of like some analysts and some fans and whatnot actually be the thing that it appears to, to actually be happening at, in the front office. Cause, yeah. uh, and I'm, re- I'm referring to the, to the, to all the reports about uh, Miller to the Rangers. Um, I see, I know we mentioned Todd already. Uh, Todd, well, at least he kind of explained it for me um, mm-hmm. that Rutherford is like clearly doing some like counter leaking with the Rangers um, oh, about yeah. what, what the ask would be for Miller. Yes. Um, yeah. And just to be like, Oh, our GM's actually doing something. He's actually trying to get ahead of something. He's trying to be proactive about something. And that most is, importantly, he understands where the team is, and he has not been fooled by yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a like a nice little ten game run there. Yeah, yeah. Because the yeah. the since they've gotten back from the COVID break, the Canucks have been decidedly mediocre. Like I think they're like five hundred right now which is certainly a lot better than they were playing under green, but it's, it's just like, come on, like this is not, 
how do they get any, how do they get better without trading somebody without stripping things down a little bit? They're capped out. I loved it that I believe it was all V said that, but it might, I think it was all V right. Who said he was like, we're at this place in the standings and we have no cap space. That's not where you want to be. That's terrible. Basically like, good. You're right. It is. It's not acceptable. So you have to do something. And like, I'm sure like people, I'm sure everybody on fucking Canucks Reddit or whatever is fantasizing about moving out like Jason Dickinson and Travis Hamanick, but like, Pack those together. You got a first, Jackson. <laughs> that you are lucky if you don't have to give up a first to yeah. get rid of them. You know, like, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but like, and when you look at the guys whose names are potentially out there, um, I mean, the four guys whose names I've heard are Miller, like in order of how often I've heard them, Miller, Besser, Garland, and Horvat. Um, I think the Horvat, like to the extent that I've heard it, which is not that much, that's never happening. Like that is, that is the, the uh, not even in your wildest dreams tier of trade bait um, with, I think not, a, not until there's a contract year. That's yeah. Happening. Yeah. No, it's just not. And the thing is, is even in a contract year, like he's going to, he'll take such a cut. He is such a company man. Like, because uh, like he has, just, he has been, but I, 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 I would, he still will be. I would guess that his uh, patience could run out, but ob- obviously, I think man- management is shaking all that up now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I think if ben, if Benning stuck around another couple of years yeah. or until the next contract, if thing, they I don't think he get does. to the end of his contract and like there's nothing going for him here, then I could see it. But like until yeah. then, that that's just I just don't I just don't think there's any chance that would happen. Um, but you have to look at it when you look at these, these players. And I think this holds particularly true for a guy like Garland, who like I see from a lot of people are saying like, he's too young. He's too good. He shouldn't, they shouldn't trade him, which like, I'm sorry, but anyone not named Elias Patterson or Quinn Hughes for you to say they shouldn't trade him just flat out is silly. Yeah. Like that's just silly to say, because like, like I guess you argue for keeping Garland, but like, well, what's the, the return right package for him? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. That's what's the, the problem talking about trades. Like mm-hmm. in a vacuum, you never know what the return is. So, but the way you want to look at it is you want to look at like, is this player worth potentially a player who is roughly in the same ballpark, but like five years younger, or, you yeah. know, if it's a yeah. draft pick, like seven years younger, potentially another kind of asset, like a pick or a, a you know, a lesser prospect or whatever. And the cap space for a potential free agent that will be freed up. Right. Exactly. And it's like, that's how you win these deals. Like, are you going to get back a player as good as JT Miller when you trade JT Miller? Probably not. Uh, It's possible. It depends. Depends on the situation. Depends on if you can fleece a team uh, or trick a team into doing like what Vancouver did and potentially trading like a lottery pick. Uh, or like a top 10 pick or whatever. Like if you can honestly, like the Rangers really uh, appeal to me in this situation, because that is a team that has the potential to crash because like they're so they're such a paper tiger. Like they're just propped up by goaltending, um, you yeah. know? So I would, I would be prioritizing getting a first from them over like, I don't know, say Pittsburgh, who is a team that, you, you know, uh, the media has been telegraphing a trade with since Rutherford got hired. 
um, mm. who I would expect to be like until Sidney Crosby finally gets old, like picking in the bottom five or seven, like for the for the next few years, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the New York so. I think I have a couple more questions about the New sure. York stuff. Like, okay, yeah. Uh, let's say I'm doing the whole like I'm a casual fan thing because I sure. am because I I don't know how New York's been doing. All I hear is about Shesterkin or I think I mistake Shesterkin for another Russian goalie they have. Yeah, um, I always uh, think Gr- it's Georgiev. Yeah, who's who's uh, who's playing well, and then I have to remind myself that it's actually Shesterkin. I got that wrong in like a recent episode. Where I, just, I, I, yeah. I think we both mix them up. Yeah. Glock yeah. uh, strikes something. Yeah. Um, so they have, they have him. They have the Norris uh, trophy defenseman in Adam Fox. Yeah. Um, out and, and, uh, and Artemi Panarin, obviously. I don't know what his contract, uh, contract year stuff is, but you, totally. you mentioned like. They have him uh, until the end of time, from what I remember. They signed him to a long deal. What was the thing that wasn't there something uh, we talked about recently where. Panarin considered Vancouver, but uh, oh, dude, you're not even, really doing this, are you? What this that was the Mr. Booth thing, yeah. Am I thinking that? Yeah, uh, maybe that I was am. the fake yeah. post for Mr. <laughs> okay, Booth where he was like, Oh, yeah, I was name. gonna, I was gonna go with Vancouver, but then I saw that some guy <laughs> called Tom Dancer was so negative and mean <laughs> to all the players that I went, No, no way, I'm signing there and went with. God, man, <laughs> come on! I don't fucking. This is remember worse this than me game. thinking that Patrick Alvin looks like Matt Mark Messier because Luke Booth me. Oh yeah, uh, that was uh, a anyways, funny one. Sounds plausible. <laughs> I believe it. Um, okay. Anyways, why would they? Why like my thing is like why would they trade? Even consider trading Lafreniere? I thought that, I genuinely thought that was a joke. I thought that was uh, just the whole, oh, uh, Emily Castengay. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they, uh, no, you know what? They would definitely. What's the argument for it? Let's say, let's put it this way. The argument for yeah, it is what's the argument he's for not, it? like he's not performing up to expectations, right? He's not. Yeah. It's, he's just he's not. not. He has he's 12, got 12 points, points in 40 odd games. games. Yeah. Which is right. garbage. That's a 24 point pace. That's, that's nothing. It's not good. Yeah. And then you look at it, you've got to be good while Panarin's good. And yeah. Miller lines up way better with that. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay. That's and, they, the and the other thing is they think they're really good, right? Like, they're, they have fully bought into their own bullshit. They're huffing their own farts. Like, this is not a good team, but they think it's a good team. Because purely okay. because of Shesterkin and, and, like, Panarin, basically. And, and like, Chris Kreider having an insane like 25% shooting percentage and leading the league in goals this year and being uh queer hockey Twitter's like favorite favorite. Yeah. I guess anyway. everybody like really has the hots for Frank Zappa apparently. Cause that is exactly what uh, Chris Crowder looks like. I heard, I heard he's hung like a horse. Oh, he is. Yeah. I've seen the picture. Yeah. There's a photo. Yeah. It's like him golfing or something and you can like see his dick print <laughs> and it's like gigantic. <laughs> Golfing. Oh man. Yeah. Fantastic. I think the other part of the Lafreniere argument is that <laughs> something oh, yeah, to do with what, which wing he plays. And then there's no room with for him, Panera and Kreider. Which is true, but I mean, man, like 
to do that for 30, 30 year old Chris Kreider, like, yeah, just wait for him to fall off and then trade him or like wait for his contract to expire or whatever. Um, I don't know how much longer his deal is, but right. So this still seems like illogical. Like I, like maybe I am just like, I don't realize how good Artemi Panarin is. Mm -hmm. Um, and that prioritizing him over a Lafreniere is that worth it. But I mean, I don't know. All I knew about Lafreniere is like, uh, next generational talent. Yeah, he has underperformed, but uh, that just seems like rash. But I guess if there's anybody who's going to be able to take advantage of that type of uh, situation, it's going to be Rutherford. Yeah, wow, you would I think believe, so. Can't, I can't, and I can't believe I we so. can even say that. Like that's, but that's I don't. I mean, oh my god, Kreider signed till 2027. Oh man, wow. Yeah, no. So they're fucking locked in then with a no move for the next two. With the, for the next two seasons. So you know what? I bet you. I bet you they do trade Lafreniere. Shit. Like That's it wild. just. It just doesn't like make. But I, you know, I don't know if. I feel like if uh, Lafreniere gets traded, it's going to be a lot more of a like um, Ryan Johansson for Seth Jones kind of situation where, it's like, it's going to be for another guy who like doesn't quite fit. Uh, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, if that makes sense, you guys know what I'm talking like about. Like, right? like yeah. for another person who's also underperforming. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a story enough for Neslin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which, which they would never want to call it that. But. I think if the Canucks were to trade um, JT Miller to the Rangers, it's more likely that the player, like the prospect, they would get back would be um, uh, Brennan Othman. I believe his name is. He's their first Othman. rounder from. Um, 20 i want to say 2020 um here i'm just looking them up right now 2021 this is most their most recent uh name uh he's got he's 19 and he's got 55 points in 36 games for the firebirds in the ohl um and he is a he's a winger so i don't know i mean they it's not like they have like i when i hear the rangers as a um as a team or whatever like i'm actually not like that crazy about them as a potential trade partner because i just don't know like what of theirs i would be interested in that they would actually like give up right i don't know like it it doesn't seem doesn't seem like an obvious like like okay i would want more (laughs) That's the reality. I would want more than they have to give up. Um, like, unless well, they're willing to, you know, I don't know, like, I was going to say Filipino, but like, he's like underperforming this year. And I don't know if he is like, he might be kind of at the point where, you know, I was high on him. I was high on him as a draft pick ages ago, but like, his best point, um, pace has has been like in 2021 he had like 22 points in 42 games so it's not like you know i just look at what they have and i'm just like i don't know if like even capo caco hasn't really worked out like i I don't know i feel like this is a situation where they have a lot of like guys with like i feel like they won't want to part with laughing yet and then their next tier is just like a who knows, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I think you well, could do I see, better. I, 
I see. I see the logic now. Um, Although you uh, might get I mean, a you might get a top ten first if you play your cards right, so that might be make it worth it. But right, right, right. Okay. Well, um, any other Canucks news? I, I know that uh, um, one of our Patreon subscribers, Riley Miner, uh, did get to shame Eddie Lack on the timeline today. About ah, this shoes. is a perfect. This is a perfect. Yeah, that's pretty actually. funny. <laughs> yeah. So what happened there, actually? Uh, Eddie, Eddie Lack uh, did a whole NFT. Hey, Elliot, take it. Oh, sure. I'll take this one. Um, yeah. Eddie Lack, I don't know, I guess bought an NFT because, to be fair, one of his friends released a series of NFTs. And in sure. my opinion, it looks a lot like his uh, Chicago Wolves logo. Pads. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, obviously everyone's just like, Making fun of him. As is always the case with anybody who does NFT. Anyone who's in crypto should be bullied mercilessly. Yeah, absolutely. And then eventually Eddie came around and was like, okay, hold up. What's with everyone like booing me on this one? Yeah. I thought I was universally beloved. Yeah. Um, and then like Riley just explained, you know, hey, NFTs are whatever, but ultimately it relies on the system of just like basically just burning. What if their, you're idling your their car? Their point was essentially. Their point was essentially like, this is extremely bad for the environment. Yeah. And, what if you're yeah. idling your car 24-7, let you have the world's ugliest ape photo? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it seemed like Eddie Lack was like, oh, that's a good point. I have never heard of this before. Uh, thanks I for wish I knew about this. Yeah. Which is like, hey. Better response than most people <laughs> just, get. I just don't usually see that, you know? And that's yeah. fun. Well, that's why Eddie Lack is beloved by the fans. In Vancouver, but of course not the uh, actual players, uh, infamously, apparently, according to Ian McIntyre. This is a thing that came out um, a few, a couple weeks ago. Now we were gonna talk about it in the last episode, and then we just like didn't have time. Or um, oh yeah, it was because we had Yerky on, so it wasn't uh, just didn't it didn't make sense to do it um, that that time. Um, but uh, here I'm just gonna pull up the quote from. Uh, Twitter user Buck Faustin um, oh, yeah. transcribing or describing, I guess, rather uh, something that uh, Eddie Lack talked about on the on 650. Um, so it says, Eddie Lack, when I was traded from Vancouver, Ian McIntyre wrote an article that I wasn't good in the room and that's why I got traded. That was a big lie. I was hurt by that. And then he doubled down later when Lee Powell... <laughs> got mad at him um which man if you were on twitter and you don't have lee powell muted you are you are a hero to me um and he quote tweeted him and said uh, referring to ian mcintyre he got told to write a story to make management look better <laughs> it is what it is i got asked about it today and i answered i think we can all agree after all this time that it was the right call to trade me and keep marky just didn't like the lies that came with it so pretty um pointed uh, words from Eddie Lack. He would later apologize, which is uh, a bitch move. I wish he hadn't done that. Um, but uh, it made me want to uh, just play a very brief game with you guys called Guess the Player. Um, I uh, I sourced a bunch of Ian McIntyre articles with the player names removed thought it would be fun to have you guys guess who he's referring to here and the only kind of problem with this i guess is that 
you guys know what Ian McIntyre is like. So I'm worried you guys will. Make, I've seen like, him at a Chinese restaurant once. Too clever by half guesses and just assume that every player is like Jason. I won't overthink it. I won't overthink it. I I will allow you guys to to be like, okay, this is who I guess, but like it sounds like he's talking about this player or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, we'll we'll start um with we'll start with an we'll start with the easy obvious ones and then we'll get more difficult as we go along. Um, it is ironic and at least a little sad that this player was not as wildly popular in the Canucks dressing room as he was in any space in Vancouver outside of it. Is, is this Tana? No. No. I mean, like, obviously it's... I mean, like, obviously, the obvious guess is Eddie Lack. It is, in fact, Eddie Lack, yes. Oh, I thought... I, I just assumed Eddie Lack was not going to be... No, um, no. I, I, I included... I included two fairly obvious ones at the beginning here because I wanted oh, to okay, pad okay. out the, okay. um, this one is definitely one I have. This is a really obvious one. And it's one I think I've even read on the show before, but um, he loved being selected by his boyhood team and mostly loved playing for the Canucks. He meant well as a player, tried to improve his game. He endured without complaint, the withering scrutiny of the market. Uh, Troy Stetcher. Jake Vertanen. That's Jake Vertanen. Yes. yes. But you're right. It sounds like Troy Stetcher. It sounds like, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't drafted, but no, that's who, that is like when Troy oh, Stetcher yeah, yeah. left, that is what, like he loved playing for his boyhood team, meant well as a player, tried to improve his game and endured without complaint, the withering scrutiny of the market. That's Troy Stetcher. Pretty yeah. much like, uh, except that Troy Stetcher was actually played pretty well while he was here. And I know he's been hurt in Detroit and it hasn't really worked out, but yeah. I, um, God, I, I really hope he finds a way back here. Okay. So getting, like, yeah. anyways, getting into, um, and this is, this spans about like, this goes back a long time. Uh, I found like, I think my oldest article is from like 98. So we got a long range of Canucks players we could potentially be talking about here, but, um, Excuse me. Sorry, I burped. Um, right. His professionalism as a Canuck never wavered. He was given more opportunities than a paratrooper to pull the ripcord and leave the Canucks, but he never asked to be traded. How many opportunities do paratroopers get to pull the cord? One. <laughs> yeah, that okay, doesn't, that's, that's a shitty a metaphor. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just... Boom. <laughs> Logic roasted. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I was hung up on that and I didn't listen to the rest of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, his professionalism as a Canuck never wavered. He was given more opportunities than a paratrooper to pull the ripcord and leave the Canucks, but he never once asked to be traded. Is that Alex Hedler? That would make sense, but it is not. But it is not. It wasn't Elliot? It wasn't like BXO, was it? That is Mark Messier. Oh, oh, oh really? Shit. I forgot that you said 1998. Yeah. Um, oh. All right. So, yeah, because throwing a giant temper tantrum and then suing the team what like 10 years later for another six million dollars is so. Yeah, that is definitely one of those right? like uh, uh, Ron Howard narrator voice moments. Um, also, this might be a little bit spicy for this one. 
I'm not going to say like, man, who we heard this did from. anybody have me referencing Ron Howard twice in one episode on their Roxy mm-hmm. Fever bingo card? He didn't. She actually did. <laughs> Anyways. Um, the Mark Massey and Pavel Bure's relationship. That I'm not touching that with a 30 no. foot pole. <laughs> Can I? Uh, um, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. DM me. DM us. Uh, if you want to know uh, the the darkest secrets of the Pavel Bure Mark Messier relationship, we will we will tell you right. alleged things all right, off all the right. record, and you cannot yeah. say that they came from us. Um, <laughs> anyways, all right. So our next player here, he is six two and two hundred sixteen pounds and can skate. Punishes players along the boards, disrupts the opposition cycle, protects the front of his net, kills penalties, and stands up for himself and teammates. I, uh, this is, yeah, that's I have some like, recency bias here because, like, I need to start thinking about guys from like the mid, like the mid aughts and the that's early aughts. That's a is really this Brian good guess. Allen? This is Brian Allen. Uh, that seems it is, too short. It is not. That was a really good guess, Elliot. That is Lucas Spiza. Okay. Which, well, like, then. citation needed for all of that. Like, did he even really fight that much? Like, I know, I never remember. Him I don't remember him no. being like a guy. When did he? Pu- when did he punish anybody? Was yeah. he a mod of a forum? Or I don't. Like, I think he like. Unless... I don't think he got near enough to anyone to punish them. Yeah. Okay. This player name blanked out was a third-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Flyers and only now is being given a chance to play close to a full NHL season. He is a 6'2", 200-pound center who wins more than half his face-offs, has the same Corsi 4 as Horvat, is a solid skater, lit up the AHL with 13 points in 10 games before his recall, and has a Memorial Cup and Calder Cup on his resume. Oh, God. Is this R.J. Umberger? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great guess. I mean, it's not particularly close, but I love, I always love hearing <laughs> that name. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cause I do those kind of track, right? Like, I guess he was a college player, not, not yes. Cup, but... and also, <laughs> also, I'd be so impressed at Ian McIntyre for referencing Horvat in an article about RJ Umberger <laughs> 10 years early. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. That's great. Me neither. Me neither. Eight-year-old bull Horvat over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he has a better Corsi, a thing that hasn't been invented yet, <laughs> than bull Horvat does in, like, Pee-wee. Pee-wee? Adam. I don't even know. Adam, <laughs> yeah. You got a guess, Elliot? Oh. Okay, so a center that was called up, like, after Horvat joined the team. Oh, God, like... This is some real remember some guys hours. I shouldn't give you that hint, but I will. Why is I have no idea. That would be Michael Chaput. Oh gosh. And this is in the context of defending. Okay. I will I will I have to add this. This is in the context of defending uh Willie Desjardins playing Michael Chaput with the Sedians. Right. Uh, Michael Chaput being a guy who played over a hundred minutes with the Sedians and failed to score a single goal. Probably the worst Sedian line mate of all time. Um yeah. I always thought of him as a winger because of that experiment. So this is a really recent one and one that particularly rankles me. He's technically referring to two players, but there's one in particular that he is referring to here. That is the one that rankles me so much. Uh, if you get 
either one of them. I'll give it to you, though. In the wake of Kyle Beach's extraordinary bravery and the oh, heartbreaking no. story of how the NHL failed him and others, it was impossible not to see the humanness on display Monday in the Vancouver Canucks media room. Um, no idea, man. Uh, somebody very recent. Yeah. Their leadership being shown. This is supposed to be a bit of a bit. I'm not comfortable with one. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, Who left the team recently? So it would be like. Is it Vertanen again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guess, honestly. I mean, it's it's actually not because he was out of the league by this point. But so it's referring to two players who are returning to the team after being like not able to be with the team for whatever reason. Oh, it's ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Travis Hamanick and the other oh, player so, and the other, no. uh, the other player was Tyler Mott, which is, which make that I, even though it had nothing to do with this, that I at least have time for because he's been like open with his mental health struggles or whatever. Yeah. That makes, but comparing that's... the, uh, the plight of, having your team cover up the fact that you were basically sexually assaulted by a coach that you had as like a 19 year old to not wanting to get a vaccine is uh, well, it's what I've come to expect from Ian McIntyre, I guess is what I will say about that. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, sorry. I just remembered the significance of that. Holy fuck. All right. This is our last one. Okay. But on the eve of what would be a sad day in a heroic career, he was still showing Friday the character, grace, and commitment for which he is revered. This is, I'll give you the hint. This is an old one. This is a player from a long time ago. Uh, Todd Bertuzzi the day after the Steve Lawrence. It's funny. On his last game with Linden on his last game. Actually, I think it might be like Luongo. These are all good guesses. If I was going to, like, if I just read this blind and didn't know who it was referring to, I would guess Trevor Linden on the Steve Morgan. Because Ooh. it's like he, Ooh, he yeah. gets the record, but it's, but it's not remembered yeah. for that. It's remembered for the Steve yeah. Moore thing. But uh, that is, once again, Mark Messier. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Um, just- I had a lot of fun finding these uh, because I feel like it really paints a lovely tapestry of uh, of what Ian McIntyre is as a writer. <laughs> um, and I mean, look, you could put, you could, uh, when I wrote uh, regularly, I'm sure you could fucking pull out six or seven quotes that make me look really stupid too. But I would have but you never, never carried the luggage bags for Francesco Ackley. And I would have never referred to anyone as having a heroic career and showing the character, grace, and commitment for which he is revered, let alone literally fucking public enemy number one, the player that even almost like 30 years later, Canucks fans still hate more than any other player who has ever put on a Canucks jersey. You uh, would say that you would say that about Alex Bros. I <laughs> Yeah, I would. Yes, you're right. Okay, that's my <laughs> yeah. one guy that I would say that about. But I would be saying it as a joke. I would be saying it to piss people off. 
Alex Burroughs, uh, grace, character, commitment, for sure. Always. All right. Uh, Vias, we have one last thing to do. Before yeah, we have we one last thing. Right out. before that, uh, I just want to point out uh, something I'm very pissed off about that I just noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, EA Sports and their NHL uh, development team is done. So they introduced the uh, uh, the IHF uh, women's national hockey teams. I can see game. this. Yeah, I can see your screen right now, and it also pisses yeah. me off. Yeah, and so because uh, I didn't want to play an online game, well, I might have to pause the game to do to do this next segment. And so I was just going to throw on like, oh, right, they added they added, they added the women's teams. I'm going to play as Canada, and I'm going to try to just like destroy the Chicago Blackhawks. And then I click like select and go. And then I get the screen that says a women's team can only play a game against another women's team. Get fucked. It's a video game. It's a video game. I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming this is one of those games where you can probably Uh, play as like Mario Lemieux against a fucking Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so you can play as Mario Lemieux games. Yeah. You can play as Mario Lemieux against somebody on the Vancouver Giants. I also you can want play to play Mario Lemieux against Mario Lemieux. You can, can play I, with the same team. Can I say <laughs> this is probably a hot take? There are probably like people who like the realism out there who will disagree with this, but like I think it's fucked okay. up that you have to trade uh, a player for like a roughly equal value player. I miss the days when you could just like grab the Canucks and be like, all right, I'm trading Brian Allen for Joe Newendike. And uh, I'm trading, uh, you know, uh, fucking Scott Lachance for um, Jerome McGinley. <laughs> you like, I thought that was really the way to go. Um, it was way more fun. It was more like what the point of a video game is, which is to be like, especially a sports video game, which is just to be stupid and have fun. Um, yeah. Because you can never mimic the realism anyways, because the rosters are always fucking wrong and they always get the fucking overalls wrong horribly. Shane Malloy, I'm fucking calling you out. You don't know how to do this. You're bad at it. <laughs> um, I believe he stole a guy who does it. I don't know. He was the guy who did it. Anyways, that's my bitching about EA. So, Vias. Right, right, right. Let's um, uh, gonna, let's get this gonna... this this uh, okay. happening here. Our first ever Roxy Fever giveaway. Uh, Patreon subscriber giveaway. Right. So we're uh, giving away our Patreon subscribers to another podcast. (laughs) 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 No, we have some. We are are trading, uh, let's say, uh, Garrett Hole. Yes. uh, (laughs) Um, We we have a lot of lovely Patreon subscribers, and uh, we've had some altruist few months, like everybody kind of has, but. We have some very good reasons why we couldn't uh, do do as much work over the last few months and produce some stuff for you. But we've very we're very grateful for uh, for so many of our Patreon subscribers sticking around. And I had the I, we had the idea uh, when Yerky uh, Yerky Venti or Yerky Twenty One, so that's the same thing, uh, came out with a book of all his Benning on Empty comics. Literally um, the last episode we just did, we talked about. <laughs> yeah, check out the last episode. We, we kind of go through what uh, what his plan was for that and, and uh, just the amazing work that went into it. And uh, this book has lots of context for all the script. But anyways, um, we just wanted great to... great book. Uh, it looks great. And it, it mentions great. us in it. It mentions us. It also us. kind of mentions me in one of the strips. So <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm in a book. There's a joke about us in one of there. Yeah, in that's one right. of the more yeah. It's a ones. good joke, too. 
now we wanted to show some gratitude to our Patreon listeners. Uh, we, we can't show this to you all, um, but uh, we decided to both show support for your key and show some, and uh, show some gratitude for all of you by uh, purchasing five copies of the book. Um, these are the paperback copies, not the hard covers. Um, uh, yeah, come and, on. What, are we made of money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we want to give away five of those books uh, to five lucky Patreon subscribers. And so what I've done is I've just put all your names in a hat. Um, and we're going we're gonna to do a pick a random name. Um, pick five random names. Uh, there's some, I'm on some website that just does this for me. Um, and so we're going to do it now. Okay, first one. Let's go. Uh, put put in some put in some fun music here. Uh, the first winner is uh, Renil Prasad. Hell yeah! Not oh, endophagy yeah. and favoritism. Uh, but uh, but look, we only have like forty subscribers, so like <laughs> some of them are going to be people we know. Some of them are well. I've never met Renil in person. I've I've just spoken to him. Yeah, fair enough. Online. Yeah. Um, good good but, good uh, boy. But but uh, yeah, good good young fella. Um, so uh, so yeah, Renil, you're gonna be a lucky uh, winner of one of them. Uh, let's go to the next one. And also, if you have if you're listening to this, um, uh, and you already have bought the book, let us know. Um, All right, okay, let's do the, the next, next one here. All right, uh, checking in. Yep, uh, that's Lawrence Gill. Oh wait, no, that's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> uh, no, the, ne- the next winner is uh, Daisy M. Uh, I won't say the last name. Sure. Uh, uh, well, this time I won't. I'll probably forget that rule for the next one. Um, but uh, Daisy M is the lucky winner of the second one. Uh, let's go. Ding, 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 ding. Ape. I think I wrote this wrong. It's I, I wrote Apple Key. Uh, I think <laughs> that is in fact not like Apple. Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chris Martin and uh, uh, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow's kid, come on down. Oh fuck, where is it? Give me, give me, give me. Oh, it was a Pilkey. Okay, a Pilkey eighty-seven. That Apple. All right, a Pilkey eighty-seven. Oh wait, I should write these down. <laughs> yeah, write them down. Oh my Real, God. Daisy M. A Pilkey eighty-seven. What? What? No, I was just like, wait a second. That's that's somebody I know's like initial last name, but then I realized there's no way that she subscribes to this podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, never know, man. Um, number four coming up is Abdullah. Uh, okay. Abdullah. Um, yes. Uh, sorry, I, I was like, oh yeah, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say the last name. So Abdullah. I, I have everybody's email from. Unless from it's Facebook. someone who's who is like vaguely front facing. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. like Reniel. Reniel has like you know, people know Reniel, so that's fine. Uh, number five was A Pilkey again. Uh, sorry, you're not getting two. <laughs> no. Oh, number five is uh, is James Champion, uh, one of my favorite Twitter users. Great name. In fact, you are the uh, champion yeah. of this draw. You have won one I, copy yeah. of that's how that works. That's right. I, I had a beer with uh, with James or Jim once. Uh, fantastic dude. Uh, his last name is, in fact, Champion. That rocks. That is very cool. Like incredible. What a great last um, name. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what his. Uh, my 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 uh, computer is very slow with Zoom on right now. I'm trying to remember yeah. his Twitter Twitter name. But anyways, uh, well, Jim, 
Jim gets the fifth one. Congrats to uh, our congrats winners, everybody. but I do just want to say that uh, all of our Patreon subscribers are champions to me. <laughs> all right. On that note, uh, that thanks note. for listening, everybody. everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at Biosteran. You can follow me on Twitter at Roxy Fever. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Moose Kayak. I'm back into the account now, so definitely uh, follow Roxy Fever because I will be also, occasionally posting from there now. All my B-roll, all my stuff that's not good enough for my main account. Um, also follow at Justin Morissette, who produces the show. Justin Morris, one R, one S. Justin Morris, on um, your Patreon dollars go to him. Please subscribe to the Patreon. Yes. Uh, you, we may The next time one of our other Patreon subscribers writes a book, you might be putting to a raffle to read that book one day. Hey, you know what? Maybe having said that, maybe we could do a draw for Harrison's book when it comes out. Ah, that's a good that. idea. Because that looks like a great idea. book. So, all right. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. To, to, you, wait, wait, you can subscribe oh. at patreon.com. Uh, of course. Rock and obviously. we will be getting the Patreon running uh, uh, up and running again after I get I, I, I mean, uh, Oh, yeah. Actually, that's uh, a. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I feel like I've done this before, but send your hate mail to at imexportsnet on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Sometimes I think this cycle never ends. We slide from top to bottom, then we turn and climb again. And it seems by the time that